Hello, customer service. How can I help? Hi. Um, I'm really hoping you can help me. So I've got this this Happy New Year. Yeah. And I wasn't given the receipt. And I know, I know, I, I recognise the situation I'm in. I'm really hoping I can return it. If there's anything you can do to help to let me return yeah. it. Because I, I, I'm really not sold on it. I mean, it looks like it's been used. I mean, like, a, a day, maybe two, has been used. Like, that's like, like less than a percent. Right. Like, it's barely used. Mm, it looks like it's got a rising dictatorship or two in it as well. Well, I mean, that's why I'm trying to return it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the mood for one of these, honestly. Have you got any way of proving that it was bought from here? I mean, there's not many places on the planet that sell a new year. I can give you store credit for 50% off it. Honestly, I'll take it. I just don't want to have it in my hands. It's your problem now. Oh, God. Ah, ah, ah. No, it's everywhere. See you in 2024. Ah, ah. Ah. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, where we're, 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 we're wives, Wife. we're wifey types. Wife. Uh, we talk about the things we've consumed media-wise recently and have a bit of a catch-up and do silly voices and try and make each other have a bit of a giggle. Yeah. Just a nice little weekly catch-up we do in front of a microphone yeah. that, that, that people listen to. Happy nude quiz. Yeah, we did it. It's, we it's did. another year. We, we gayed at each other successfully did, for another whole we year. We did. Um, oh, oh, I got some stuff coming up this year. You don't even know. Well, I mean, you, you I know. know, I but, know. But, oh, they don't even know. And there's also some stuff coming up this year that they do know. And... Yeah soon and they can enjoy that too yeah gosh we are within six weeks of the release of who hunts the whale yeah yeah that's yeah. that's going to imminently be happening it all started here if you were here whenever we did the first episode with several years ago several years ago with with uh what was it at the time it was it wasn't it was like electronic actor soft. electronic actor soft works it was electronic actor soft then actor soft works yeah. then supremacy software indeed because um, the lawyer lawyers said no yes uh <laughs> for anyone who reads that book it's definitely not about electronic actor soft works it's about supremacy software they're very mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep very different oh uh, what have you been playing recently oh my goodness well we've got two weeks because yes. we had a week off to we, we have took, a lie we down. took some festive time off yeah so. We're going to try and crack through a bunch of games we've played. Hmm. I played a bunch more Shane Decos. How's that been going? Can't remember. Have you finished it? No. It, it continues to be war drama. It continues to be huge war drama and massive changes every chapter. Uh, there, was, there was something about past lives and weirdness and I'm really enjoying it. I need to get back. I had a bit of a rest while we were doing social gaming yeah. stuff so yep more of that what have you had you uh well i'm gonna crack through six games in quick succession oh, damn uh because i since we last recorded this i believe now have a play date you have the little cranky friend it's a little little yellow gaming handheld that has a crank on the side of it and every monday it goes pink pink yeah. pink and some, some new games like two new little games show on it up, uh, up on it every week for i think like three months or so Ooh. um but yeah, the basic like sales pitch of this at the time, like a year and a half, a year and a half, two years ago, was they wanted to get them out to everyone at around the same time, so that it could be some kind of communal event where every Monday everyone would get the same set of games mm. and like, oh, let's, you'd have a week to talk about the games everyone got that week. Yeah. Uh, 
COVID and supply chain issues and broken batteries uh, caused a lot of problems and delays and staggered release. But I have enjoyed the experience I've had where I've been playing a bunch of little games that not me- no one else is really playing that week. And it's just, it feels like, oh, these are special little treats just for me that just I get to you. experience. And they're little surprises. I, 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 it, it's the perfect amount of new games to get every week that I can give each one uh, a, a decent chunk of play. And not feel like I'm being like, oh, you've given me too many things and I'm not playing any of them. Yeah. But also that there's always something new to be playing around with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to quickly run through like the six games I currently have from the first uh, the first wave. Um, there's Whitewater Wipeout, which is a score-based uh, three lives surfing game that entirely uses the crank for gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it is basically... Angle your surfboard so that it's like picking up speed, going back up the waves, and when you get in the air, do as many spins as you reckon you can get away with and still have yourself positioned to like re-hit the wave properly and not crash out on landing. Uh, and it is a game of trying to manage momentum so that you can get as big a jump as possible, get as many spins in, not fumble the landing, keep going. I imagine that's much easier with a crank because you just have you know where the crank is yeah. to be the correct angle to go down. Honestly, yes. The thing is, is getting a sense of the momentum because you can spin really hacking fast in the air, um, and there is that real temptation to try and get one more rotation or one more partial rotation mm. in, and catching yourself and realizing I don't have time for another spin and accurately getting yourself to that point on the crank wheel Mm. to land it properly is a challenge of itself. Mm. Um, It is a very simple game, but it's it's real fun for such a simple concept. So I suppose the important question there is, does it feel sturdy enough to be really fucking going for it? Yes, it does. This crank is so nice. I don't know what they've done with it. There... There is some magnets involved somewhere, like okay. it magnetizes into its little like hiding hole when it's not in yes. use and it sort of flips out. It feels real sturdy. I've never felt like there is any degree of um, uh, not being sturdy in its its socket. Not worried about yanking it. Yeah, and it moves so smoothly. Like for a thing that was like largely sold on its crank being its unique interface for mm. interfacing with the device. They clearly put the work in to make that crank feel premium. Yeah. Um, much the same as like a lot of the operating system on, on it feels really like really well thought through and very premium. Like a lot of work went into it. When you wake it up from sleep, you press the power button twice and its two eyes wake up with each press. It's like, uh, uh, oh, I'm awake. And when your new games show up, they're in a little present and you click on them and it does a big flourish as it unwraps the game. Yeah. Lots of like really... Cute, really nice aspects of it that feel premium, which is I really nice. For something the first like startup of it is is really cute as oh, well. Yeah. When you're like testing all the buttons and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of personality to it. Um, so the other game I got on my first week was much less focused on the crank, but much more substantial of a game. Uh, Casual Birder. Was this the Pokemon for birds? Yeah, it's Pokemon Snap, but for birds. Right. Um, you uh, move to a new town and. Bird photography is really popular in this town, and there are some local bullies that keep, like, uh, uh, bullying people and winning the bird photography competition. And you're going to try and, like, essentially with your Pokedex and your smartphone camera, you're going to try and uh, be the new bird photography champion in town. Uh, You do this by talking to NPCs who will have quests for you to be like, hey, go get a photo of this kind of bird. Um... You will sometimes get rewarded with items that might be things like 
uh, some bird seed that you can use to lure a certain kind of bird out of its tree or things like that. Um, Different birds behave in different ways and you have different challenges to sort of work out how to photograph them. Uh, The crank is used sort of sparingly but nicely. Um, It manages your inventory, so rather than having to pause to go to an inventory screen, you just rotate the, uh, the crank and a little sort of dial turns and new items are selected. Okay. It works surprisingly well as like a very casual... It, it reminds me of like when PlayStation Vita games would use the back touch panel on the mm. Vita as a very casual like additional thing, not like something too over the top. Uh, the other use is for um, fo- uh, zooming and focusing on your camera mm-hmm. so that, that you can sense. sort of get get to the right focal length to take the shot. Yeah, it's simple things, but it's a very it's an amusingly written in a fairly in depth game with a good amount of birds to go find. Mm-hmm. It feels like something to get your, your teeth sunk into on the first uh-huh. week you've got the device. Second batch, I'm going to get through these all in one go. Mm-hmm. Try and do mm-hmm. these real quick. Uh, second batch, there was one game called Boogie Loops in the second week that like really didn't grab me. It is essentially like an like a Mario Paint esque music creation software. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember you cli- playing yeah, with this. Click on things on the lines to place notes. Essentially, um, there's a little more to it, but it's not that much more in depth than say Mario Paint was. And, and then it's I guess little, a music box, yeah, kind of, and there's little oh, dancing animals. Sweet. It's kind of sweet, but also like the whole time I was experimenting with it, I was like. It's not substantial enough for me to ever want to use it over any other music creation, basic music creation program. Including the online version of Mario Paint. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, when... when it, It's a nice novelty to have on there, but it's also like, I'm probably never going to come back to this beyond the once once or twice I played around with it on release week. It does make me think what could be a fun idea that takes like a similar thing, but does it slightly differently without... Giving the impression of of a lack of fulfilment, mm. you could have like somebody who is making music boxes, yeah, and like different people want different kinds of tunes, and maybe you you fashion yeah. different things. Something for like that would be really fun. It it feels like that's what it's missing is some kind of context to its simple mechanics mm. to make there be a reason outside of just creating very short, very simple tunes. You've got sixteen notes. Yeah. Um. The other game that week was a lot more interesting and one that I've gotten really into mechanically called yeah. Kranken's Time Travel Adventure. Oh, I remember you talking about this with the jumping over the thing and sniffing yeah. the Yeah, so you are a robot that is perpetually late for a date. You keep waking up a little bit late, you're, you're running late, you've got to get to where your date is as quickly as you can uh, to, to, to not get in trouble for being late. Mm-hmm. And the gimmick is that you're using the crank to move forward and backward uh, I was going to say through time. I, I think the better way to describe it is you're moving forward and backward through your own walk Timeline. cycle and animation. Yeah. Through your own movement animation. Um, time keeps moving forward even if you're moving yourself backwards through your animation. Other elements in the world will keep moving even when you're re- rewinding yourself in your animation. You're basically... Deciding where in your walk cycle to be at various moments. You're controlling the flow of your own personal time. Yeah. And the way that that sort of manifests as a puzzle is that there'll be lots of obstacles between you and this date that will be things like, uh, there is a there is a, a butterfly flying at you at a certain height, and if you run into it, the date's going to be really upset that you injured a, a, a butterfly. So what you need to do maybe is find a flower and sniff down, uh, uh, bend down to smell the flower, 
and then stay in that bit of the animation where you're bent down so the butterfly can go over you. Yeah. Or there's a pig running sort of a, a, a on ground level and there's a coffee table where you sort of stop to sit, a, sit and sip a cup of coffee. But as you're leaving that animation, you sort of climb up on the seat and up on the table and sort of leap across it. And using that moment you're in the air to not be hit by the pig that's coming. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of like very creative examples of things that impact your uh, movement animation in different ways mm-hmm. and different variations of threats and working out how to maneuver yourself forward and backward as quickly as you can into the right positions yeah. to then get where you're going. And is, is there a decent amount of buffering with... Um, like, are you, for example, drinking that drink for a, a couple of frames so you don't have to be like... You, you, you're going, I suppose, fairly quickly to get it, into position, but it, you're not going to overshoot it too easily? Most of the key positions are not particularly frame perfect. Right. They are like... You, you are largely going to get to like a held position that's fairly mm-hmm. easy to land in. There are some exceptions and there are some that we'll get further later. Like there's one early on I had a little that like a lot of the time. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going to sprint as fast as I can to that flower and get into the very big window of I'm bent down with the Mm -hmm. flower. Sometimes you're like, I'm uh, up on this monkey bar. I'm only going to be in the air at this angle for like uh, a window of frames. So I'll I'll crank really fast to get toward that and then start cranking slowly to get myself in in like to tweak the position. Yeah. Um, it is a really good game that makes really smart use of that crank as its like primary uh, interaction. It was one of the one you you seem to a play the longest and b be talking to other people about most. Yeah, yeah, and I will get to. I think the two games I got this week, I've not had as much time to play them because I've been busy writing. And but they I only f- turned up yesterday. Yeah, they only turned up yesterday. I think they're going to be in the in the the category with Kranken's time travel adventure mm-hmm. of ones that like I'm probably going to play a lot more of a lot more regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a really cute game called Pick Pack Pup. Okay. Um, it only really uses the crank for um, sort of scrolling through uh, uh, narrative comic cutscenes. Right. Uh, but it is generally a a, a tile. Uh, a tile matching game in the vein of your sort of like a match three type things. Like Zookeeper. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. There is no time limit on, at least in the early levels where I've been so far. It's a yeah. little bit more laid back. Mm-hmm. But you're basically trying to package um, um, bunches of items together to pack up into packaging and then all in one go send off to customers. You are working okay. in a fulfillment centre. And can baggers um, be juices? <laughs> um... See, yeah, it is a fairly laid-back, like, puzzle-based um, connect three or more of the same thing together and it'll become a package, mm-hmm. but it won't automatically be fired off-screen. Uh, so you will have to think about where to make that batch of things so that you're not closing yourself off from being able to manoeuvre other things still to make other packages. Right. The more packages you make, uh, make at once and send off together, you get combos. Okay. So you are incentivized to be thinking about not only can I connect, say, three things together, but can I connect three things together in a way that still leaves me room to maneuver the other things to okay. their matching pairs? Yeah. And try and send like as close as possible to a whole screen worth of packages at once. Interesting. Uh, each level has its own like little gimmick or um uh challenge that's worth bonus points that'll be something like mm-hmm. try and do a package send where every item on the bottom row 
uh, is in a package uh, when you do the send, or um, this this mission is entirely about bananas. Don't worry about anything else. You just need to package and send a hundred bananas as quick as you can. Mm. Um, it's very cute. It's very charming. It's very laid back, and it's just just sit around organizing things, and I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Uh, the other one was called Lost Your Marbles. Hmm. Uh, marble. It's got more of a narrative context to it, despite having a very silly crank-based um, gameplay loop. Uh-huh. You have accidentally scrambled your brain a little bit. Um, you yeah. are you are someone who got an internship at some science lab run by a cat, uh, I believe. Uh, is Marbles the the? Is it Professor Marbles? It might be. Um, uh, who has invented this uh, headset that is meant to unlock amazing mental capacity? Oh, this is um, your limitless pill. Not not quite. The way the way it's sort of presented is, um, it's not telling you th- to, uh, unlocking your ability to know things you don't already know, right. but it is unlocking your ability to disregard things that are probably not correct and whittle down a very accurate answer through process of elimination. Okay. So it's it's sort of presented as this, like, uh, yeah, I got asked a very difficult question with a very difficult number as an answer. Oh, how did I know that? It's like, okay, well, this thing basically just helped you... Logic. Logic away many, many unreasonable answers. Huh. Uh, and then your dog happens to see Professor Cat... Um, oh no. knocks over some things, a headset is damaged. Oh no. And what is now happening is that every, you're going through this little narrative of trying to find your missing dog, but every time you have to make a decision, um, you have this sort of, like, marble-tilting game. Okay. Um, you are only using the, uh, the bottom half of the range of movement of the crank right. to tilt a space left and right, rolling a marble around. Right. And there are lots of ideas in there that are possible answers to the situation you're in, some of which are more sensible and some of which are very silly. Right. The silly answers are easier to get, the sensible answers are harder to get to. Right. And you are trying to manipulate this marble through spaces to try and get to the sensible good answer. And like, it's not a fail state. If you get one of the silly answers, that isn't, or at least as I've seen so far, isn't a fail state. It just branches the narrative in silly ways. Okay. But it is a game about, like, manipulating a marble that has really nice momentum and controls very well with this, like, smooth uh, way of tilting it mm. to choose how the plot plays out. Uh, a-, a good example, uh, I was trying to make missing missing posters for my dog that had gone missing, uh, the first level I managed to do pretty well, which was like, what kind of cardstock should we use for the missing posters? I managed to avoid chewing gum wrapper, uh, mm-hmm. which is one of the things we might have produced them on. I got some high quality cardstock. Okay. Uh, but then, next choice was, which photo of your dog should we use? And uh, I did not manage to get one of the uh, more sensible answers. Uh, a, a photo of the dog's butthole is the one that's on all the missing posters. Okay. Um... Have you seen this butthole? Have you seen this butthole? Maybe another dog will help you find it. Right. Dogs are good it, at finding it's, other bats. It's, it's a silly little narrative with a, a very satisfying mechanic that I appreciate not, at least what I've seen so far, not railroading you because you, you've got a silly answer. It's like, yeah. it's it's like, hey, the challenge is to try and get something good and sensible. But if you don't, well, well don't worry. You're going you're to keep having fun. Yeah. And it's been very silly and I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
With the Playdate, do you keep the games? Do they still stay loaded on there? Yep, or? you keep all the games on there. Okay. Um, they, they don't go away at any point. Um, Is there a way of copying them off if you need to back them up and create uh, some space? Yeah, if you need to clear some space off. Uh, so there is enough space on the Playdate for the entire first series of games to be on there at once. Right. Uh, at some point in the future, they may do a season two right. once they've finally gotten everyone's first batches of them out to people. Yes. Um, if and when they do, you'll be able to delete games from, from Season 1 and then reinstall them later if you want. Okay. Uh, there is also a homebrew scene and tools for developing your own games for it, which Ooh. can also be loaned. You can just load on your own games uh, or ones that other people have made, and there's a little homebrew scene. I'm going to wait until I'm done with Season 1 before I play around with the stuff the homebrew yeah, scene's been doing. Could, do you know but... what kind of programming language it uses? Or... Uh, it has its own like visual program for okay. uh, like a sort of visual visual coding program um, okay. that has built in mind the limitations of the tech and sort of lets you make stuff that that works with the hardware. That sounds fascinating. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to at some point have a little play around with that myself. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty neat. I am really enjoying the play day, and I think. Even if not every game on it so far, uh, particularly uh, the the boogie one, uh, it hasn't been a hundred percent my thing. I've very much been enjoying having this little unique handheld mm. that feels very premium and very uh, creatively put together with a lot of love, yeah. and having this little bite-sized. It's just a couple of little, like, a little things to play with every week. It seems like good it's, dopamine for the ADHD, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just the right size doses of, here's something new to play, so that you feel, like, something novel this week that you can play around a mm-hmm. little with and go, that's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's very much what I was hoping it would be. Well, I look forward to the continued uh, yeah. adventures of the Playdate. Um, what about you? What have you played this week? Oh my goodness. Well... I played Void Scrappers. Ooh! It's a space-based vampire survivors style game. Uh-huh. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> so, I... And I, I should have known better. Uh, Steph talks about it on Podquisition a few weeks back. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay, I, I'll I, give it a peek. I vaguely remember completely this. completely slag it off. Yeah. And it's, again, one of the cheaper options. It's... There's so many Survivor's games around at the moment, and some of them accept the, we're going to do it cheaply, we're going to do, like, make it cheap, but sell lots idea. And that way I mind less if it's not super awesome. Although Vampire Survivors really did set a very high bar for very cheap games. It really did. But I don't expect everyone to be Vampire Survivors. But um, Void Scrappers... It's got several problems. The first mm. one is it's set in space. So it doesn't have enough to make each run unique. You don't have... Yeah. like, And there's there's ways you could do it. You could have gone, oh, we're orbiting this planet. So you're going to see like a lot of this in the background. And you could do like a fun parallax where you're like scrolling and it gets yeah. further away and it's stuff like that. It's not made enough of an effort, though, in it, that regard. It, it feels like um, like the background as a whole, and I think there is just one. I could, could be wrong, but I, I think it is just one. It feels like a larger image was scaled down, and then a uh, noise filter was put over the top to give it a bit more texture. Uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, that's probably fine. But after a while, it's like, this is just so uninteresting to look at. I don't feel any sense of where I am and and I guess because it's top down 
you're not going to in a largely featureless space. Occasionally you'll pass by a bit of colour in the background. Not like a full nebula or anything. It's like, oh, okay, well, I I guess I passed that. And I got to a point where I'd open, I'd unlocked the first nine characters. Yeah. I had purchased almost every single upgrade, but I hadn't felt like I'd made any kind of progress at all. Some of the characters were a bit more interesting to play because they have unique things. Like, um, one of the first ones I unlocked is if you have the the drones that sort of spin around your ship very slowly, uh, instead of just doing that, these ones will act like basically um, like little attack robots. So they'll just fly into, like, home into enemies and bounce over the top of them and do, like, contact damage slowly over yeah. time. And you, it's like, okay, well, in this case, it makes sense to spec into mostly drone things. And yeah. slowly, as you do more levels, you'll be like, oh, now there's a new type of card you can have that will unlock. And it might show up in the game, and you might have a chance to get this one particular kind of unlock. And some characters will have like very specific things that are linked to them as a character. And occasionally you'll be like, ah, but it would be really fun if those things turned up in the pool, like in Vampire Survivors. Yeah. And that just doesn't happen. Oh no. Uh, there's there's one where occasionally you'll just burst into flames and you can just ram into ships and do damage. Yeah. And for that period you are invincible. It's got like a dodge roll mechanic type thing where you do a speed up and for that moment you're invincible, which is great because it's very easy to get swamped because mm. it's space, there's no walls. Yeah. So you can't sort of line yourself up around something and, and hope that things won't get to you. You just have to like, I hope I'm, g- I'm going to dodge into this direction and I'm going to hope there aren't any enemies off screen that I can't see. Yeah. But then like some of the power-ups just don't really work very well. Yeah. Like one of them is after you've done your dash thing, it will bounce you back to where you started. Okay. So you dash forward and... Then you get like a slightly sped up, but still slow enough that you can see rewind of that. And then you just have to hope that where you land, something hasn't moved into that space. Oh. And if you've got extended dash on, like you've, you've got a power up that extends the amount of time you dash, you might not have any clue what that space looks like. Yeah. And sometimes if it's too big and there's too many things following you... You're just guaranteed to pretty much to go back into a space where there is now something, at which point you've completely written off your dodge roll. Yeah. You just don't have that anymore. It's like, well, I guess I'm screwed. Or you have to start doing, like, weird loops and stuff. This just feels poorly thought through. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels like a lot of features designed in a vacuum, not designed in actual playtesting. It feels like it's got some good ideas. There's some fun stuff with uh, lasers. One of the laser power-ups you can get is a laser has a chance to spawn another laser. So sometimes there'll just be another one that flies out at a, a weird angle. And that's kind of cool. There's things like certain... If if one of your little drones hits a an enemy, maybe they pop into bullets, maybe they explode. Yeah. Maybe you get both of those things and it does does both. And then maybe the bullets explode as well. Or maybe the bullets boomerang back to their start position, meaning if you've got huge range on these things, they're doing basically just cutting a line back and forth, which can be really handy. There's so many great ideas, but it's just dull. Yeah. It's such a shame, but like I've I've basically felt like I'd seen everything and there wasn't much point playing many more. 
but also like I hadn't really achieved anything. That's that's a real shame. Yeah. It's a real shame when a game has promising ideas and it's just like I like all the things on paper that you're doing. I yeah. just don't enjoy actually playing you. Yeah. I I really am enjoying this genre of game. Like, I, uh, obviously I am. I've just started my second run through of Vampire Survivors <laughs> Mobile. That you have, and I'm already about halfway through and going. I'm really having a good time with this. So yeah. I hope we get more stuff that manages to be interesting. Yeah. And and, and affordable, because an affordable game that keeps me going for a, a good long time is, is definitely worth the, it. The, the thing I hope is that Vampire Survivors sets a bar for what is the sort of ballpark of what's expected of this genre. Like, I want this to, to some degree, raise the, play, uh, raise the, the, the bar of what is... What is a good game in this genre? I don't know if it is, though, because I think what we're getting at the moment is a lot of people going, I think I understand this. I'm going to make what I I have gleaned from that with the lowest possible effort. I I agree that that's what we're getting right now, but I'm hoping that enough of those doing fairly poorly is like, okay, it's not enough to just do it. We've got to do it well. Yeah, I hope so, because I saw an advert for one called The Tower, because yeah. I am not paying extra for more Duolingo, but I am enjoying yeah. learning German. And and one of the adverts that came up the other day, several times in a row, was for a game called The Tower, which is you are a hexagon in a, in a big square that takes up, that that's your playing area, is the square, and okay. things will fly at the hexagon, and it just shoots. You don't move, you just, it automatically shoots, and occasionally you will get enough XP yeah. that you can buy an upgrade. I was like, okay. that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you are vampire survivors in with only the wand. I guess. Kind of. I mean, it seems like you can do other stuff with it, but you're not moving. There's no, there's no aspect of that to it. It's like, wow. This oh, wait, is... you're not moving. You're not moving. You are a tower. Oh, Things are I... flying at yeah, you. Yeah, no, I see. Huh. It's just the lowest possible effort for this. Oh, yeah, no, I thought you were at least moving. Oh, yeah, no, that's worse than I thought. Oh, yeah. So I I suspect we are probably going to get a glut of really low effort versions and hopefully, maybe me, maybe I will be the one and I will play all of the different Vampire Survivors and then I'll come on on here and tell people which one's worth playing. (laughs) So far, Void Scrappers, fine if you've got a couple of hours and three quid. Maybe wait till it's on sale. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Uh, well, we can cri- quickly crack through. Um, I don't think we'd played either of these last time we uh, we recorded. We we played a couple of new board games we have. or expansions board games. Yes. Uh, we played some New York Zoo. We did. Thanks, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, this is a charming little game. It's yeah. it's not too difficult, but there is a good degree of thinking ahead and options of how to optimize. And it is a game about. Place tetrominoes in in a zoo, and each of those is an enclosure, and fill up the enclosure, and if there's more than one of that animal in that enclosure, they can breed, and that'll help you fill it up faster, and that gets you some free tiles to fill up some of your spaces and fill up your whole zoo. Yeah, and basically the point is you are, it's, it's one to five player, you're just trying to fill up all of the empty green space on your zoo, any way you can, and yeah. it, it's surprisingly deep. Because yeah. uh, around the board you have, I think, 15 slots for different um, shaped pieces. Yeah. And they range from, uh, f- like, four pieces, so a, a, yeah. an actual tetromino, to just quite large polyminoes with, I think, like, eight pieces on are the very yes. largest. And while they will take up huge amounts of space, good, 
they take longer to fill, and if those are your early ones and you're investing heavily yeah. in those, then... But those are probably going to be your early ones because they're at the top of their respective stacks. Exactly. So it's going to make those... Like, they're good for filling space, but they're going to take longer for you to fill with animals to get the bonus resources. Yes. Um, yeah, it is a balancing act of, like, you can only move so many spaces around the board per turn, which yep. sort of gives you a limited number of choices, and you are either getting some new animals to put in your, in your zoo spaces, um getting a new pl- uh, uh, polymino to put the the animals on mm-hmm. or you sometimes pass spaces that will cause breeding so you're like trying to make sure that if you get an animal in an enclosure you would get at least one breeding partner for it before yep. you get around to the space where that animal is going to breed yep. um there is a balancing act of how much time you spend filling up places versus just getting new polymonos on the board mm-hmm. because that's going to early on just throwing a bunch of polymonos down is going to get you a bunch of like space covered but they're awkwardly shaped enough you're probably going to be leaving gaps and you're going to need to complete enclosures to get the fiddle like the small pieces to fill in your gap yes, sizes essentially if you get left lots of little one by one spaces you're going to need to do more of them Yes. At, by the time you're getting towards the end, at which point you you know you're hurrying for whatever's yeah. left available. Uh so like there is a balancing act of like trying to have lots of your enclosures nearly complete but not fully complete, so that once you know what small gaps you have to fill, you can cash in a bu- like finish off a bunch of enclosures and fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. But if you leave it too long to start doing that, then you're not gonna be able to catch up. Like, you have to very carefully work out when the moment is to go, I need to start cashing some of these in and getting the nice, reliable shapes to mm-hmm. to make this completable. Yep. It's got a really interesting solo mode. So you have a double-sided board. One is slightly smaller than the other. And so I'm guessing that's like an easy and a hard mode. And the point is you have two laps around the main board to try and fill your entire zoo. Yes. And that seems like a, a really fun way of doing it, and I like the fact that there's two different difficulties on there. It is a very focused puzzle, that, uh, yeah. that single player. It's, 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 a, it's a good pondery one, and it's also a good way of, I just got this game, I want to learn it so I can teach other people, and you, you're not playing a very rules-different game as you can sometimes with solo modes. Yeah. It's, this is exactly the same game. It's, it's just practising your pacing and your, uh, yeah. like your strategy and going like this might not be a guaranteed win against another real person but if i can complete the single player challenge i'm at least doing something right with this approach yes and and at that point you've it's i mean it's very rules like anyway it there's a few things in the manual where it's like you might not want to use these rules on the first time but i took you full set of rules first time and you didn't really have any problem with it no it's just a little bit of memory of Oh, I filled uh, an enclosure. Remember, I can put one of the things back in in, in your little in holding little size holding space. pen. Yeah, yeah, and that's the rule. They're sort of like you don't have to do this. Maybe the, the main first one time. that I like was forgetting a little at, at times. Yeah, but, uh... I I the, I really like that. See, this is from the same person that made Patchwork. Yes, and there have been problems with Patchwork that we've as we've talked about before. In that, it can be quite difficult to spatially organize things in your brain and one feature this game has is it's so simple it is a disc with a question mark on it that sits next to the board yeah so you can go here's how many spaces move forward i can move these are the available pieces i'm going to put the question mark on the space i'm going to take the thing i'm going to try it out on my board and if it doesn't work i'm just going to put it i remember where to put it back exactly well i think it's that alongside the fact that you right from the start of the game unlike um patchwork 
can see these are the predictable size pieces of varying kinds that can be used to fill in gaps. Mm -hmm. So if you pick up a piece and it can't 100% fit exactly how you want it to, you can look at the board and go, I know exactly how to get a piece that will fill the gap that this creates. Yeah. And that sort of gets rid of some of that paralysis of if this isn't the exact perfect piece, I don't want to put it down. Mm. And like those two things in combination, I think really help to make this feel a lot more approachable. Yes, because while patchwork doesn't require you to fill everything, you do lose points for, for not having everything. So people like us will sit there going, but yeah, but what if it needs to be perfect? It needs to be possible yeah. to be perfect. Even if I can't make it perfect in turn time, it, I need to know that it is possible yes. to make this perfect. That I haven't scuppered the chances of a perfect end state. Yes. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate that. And and I um, thanks, Mum, again. Uh, Laura's mum bought yeah. this for me. And uh, yeah, I I really enjoy this, and I look forward to playing more, and I look forward to different play counts because yes, it plays up to five. With five players, you have like much smaller spaces, so. I guess it's going to be crunchier from from early on, but also not drag on forever. It's like a half-hour game. Yeah. And it's got lovely little wooden animals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other thing we played together that was new was we played some of the uh, State of Emergency expansion, is it called? Yes, the final expansion for Standard Pandemic. Indeed. Thank you very much. Um, Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. Uh, We played uh, a part of it that was called The Hinterlands, uh, where alongside all of the normal human-born diseases on the pandemic board, um, each of the four regions of the map has um, four or five places that will connect to an off-the-board additional space. Yep. Um, where things are transferring to transferring to animals. Yes, you're getting animal-human cross-contamination of disease, and basically every time that more disease cubes come back, come out, you roll the dice, and this place off the board might get a cube. Yep. And if it uh, outbreaks, it will outbreak to all four or five places it's connected to. Yep. And if any of those four or five places outbreak, they'll outbreak into the hinterlands. Mm-hmm. And getting in and out of the hinterlands, like, you have to go to one place that's connected to it and then use a move to get over to it. Yep. So it's just one additional thing to keep track of. But more than that, it's... You've now got five locations on the board that if any of them over, um, uh, outbreaks, Outbreak. it's going to be way worse than normal. Plus, these places that are, like, difficult to get to, difficult... Mm-hmm. Like, you... They don't have cards for them in the deck, so it's difficult to build a research station yeah, to be able to fly like to them. There's one character you can do it, and by the time you've got all four expansions, or all, all three expansions, it's nearly impossible to guarantee one player is going to get that out of the, uh, yeah, the random dealing. It's uh, it, it's it's an additional amount of, oh, oh god, we've got to keep track of that. And also, like you can't get rid of the card for that area from the deck, which yep. certain events can do, because it doesn't have a card. You can't go, well, that area has already come up once uh, once this uh, yep. this epidemic, so it's probably not going to come up until the next epidemic yep. card. There's constantly a the, one in yeah. six that something is going to happen in yeah. one of those spaces. Um, I really like it as an additional challenge. I love it. I, I think what it, what it does for me from base pandemic is, in base pandemic, even on the highest difficulty, even with the On the Brink expansion adding an extra epidemic, which I think brings it to a total of eight... Mm. then, uh, or it might just be seven, at that point, you 
have you do have that thing of oh yeah I know that's happened this time and I know there's roughly this many cards yes you can sort of factor that into your challenge the other thing you get with base pandemic is you start to treat outbreaks as just another resource yes and it's like yes okay we can we can afford a resource so if that one place goes it's not going to be too too bad but in this it is so common that you will get to a point where it's like everything is going to fire off at once. So if one yes. thing goes, that'll be uh, a second thing almost guaranteed. And then you're going to go, then literally the next player's turn and have yeah. to deal with it on like it's... the other side of the world as well. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem like much, but basically getting one more place with a cube on it every turn really like, puts that extra pressure on you to be everywhere at once. And it means that you are so much more likely to have that cascading outbreak mm -hmm. problem. Um, that element of randomness does just mean that there is a certain amount of you're gonna have to change your plans as and when the whims of the dice decide. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I think it's more likely that a uh, an unfortunate shuffle could mean you are just fucked. Yes. But also, uh, we played one game with just that, but we also played a game with the Quarantine Yes, expansion. and I think that is absolutely central to Hinterlands. I think it definitely feels very balanced to be used with Hinterlands. Yes. Which is, hey, you've got a limited number of these Quarantines, you can place them down for an action, they will prevent uh, a cube dropping down on that location twice and then be used yep. up. Great for the hinterlands. Perfect. It's great to just be able to pop them on those four locations, and have some breathing room to get on on top of the regular board again. But you are still essentially nursing those things because you can't go. Oh, it popped once. I'll pop back in there and top it up. You have to wait until it's completely run out. Which yes. means if you've got everyone on one side of the board far away from it, then that can be a problem. Um, there's yeah. so much else in this expansion there's uh, a different type of um, mutant variant which uh, we saw first in On the Brink which is uh, an extra nasty purple version of the virus which you're going to have to be really working very hard to, to deal with Yeah, it includes the uh, vaccine factories um, um, not going to say too much about those Yes. It's a, a at one point you will have a disease that is is difficult. It's it's harder to to uh, find a cure for. And then once you do find the cure, you're trading in, you're swapping out a research station yeah. for a vaccine factory that once per round will drop a vaccine onto that spot. Yeah. And then you, as an action, can go to those factories, pick up all of those, and then as part of your cure action you have to use one of these vaccine doses yes. at the same time. And I imagine that is going to be very difficult to work out. Yes. Uh, what fascinated me, I think, about reading through the instructions with, with that aspect was you can run it with On the Brink, which is already a huge oh, thing off the board. Yeah. You, you, can, you can still have On the Brink off the board as, like, another extra layer. I... I think this would be absolutely hellish at anything above, like, I, three epidemics I feel, or four epidemics. I feel like so, but I also like that we have that as an option for, like, if we ever reach a point where these new expansions are a little bit sort of, mm. yeah, no, no, we feel like we have a sort of, like, stable plan and we're reliably mm -hmm, doing it. Mm. It's nice to know that we have that ridiculous option to be yeah. like, 
Cool, throw that in too. Yeah. It it does seem to balance itself a little bit with the the the. So this hard epidemic epidemic is called the superbug variant. With the superbug, you have uh, a bunch of extra bonus cards that go in the player deck, mm. which are things like, hey, this is a wild blue card, or this is a wild yellow card. Yeah. Um, which means you can use it as part of finding a cure for that particular disease. Yeah. And you might have, uh, I think there's extra things about um, healing stuff in there as well. Mm. Basically, there's, I think it's eight, eight cards in that can be added in, and you're supposed to add as many extra cards as you have epidemics. So one per stack. Yeah. That, which that's that's I, a nice... Seems like a, a nice thing. I guess they probably worked out it was nigh on impossible in certain ways. Yeah. And sometimes you, or you, you're just one card away from having the right number of things. And the other thing you sometimes get in, in certain play accounts once you've added any of the expansions is, what if there's one leftover card... And you haven't quite calculated things correctly, and that is the one card you need to find the cure in the last round. Yeah. Uh, that is that is a risk, especially when you're playing harder versions of the game. Yeah. Because you, you, you might think, oh yeah, we've counted enough of these, but if you've needed to fly across the world to do something in a particular way, you might have thrown away more cards than you thought you did. Indeed. It's a good thing that Pandemic, even in the base game, has the rule of you can always look through the discard piles to see how many what has happened. Co- yeah, how many of that colour have I thrown away already? Yeah, it, it really helps with that sort of thing. But uh, there's also like negative events that will sit by the deck and yeah. be just horrible things yeah. ongoing until the next time you draw one out or until, until something else has happened. Mm-hmm. So there is an awful lot in this box, and I think it's probably going to take us a while to work all through it, but having now the complete set of, of base Pandemic, it's lovely to have it all together. It's lovely to see all the different variants. Um, would love to play more of the bioterrorist option with the yes. hidden rolls and moving around the world stuff, because we gave that one go and I'm not entirely sure we played the rules fully correct for that. I was fairly certain I was getting it, but... Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it felt like that got really chaotic super quickly, and and maybe that needs to be played in a more I am DMing for you rather than I am trying to win. Maybe uh, we'll we'll see. If we'll work it out with more with yeah. more practice. I'd maybe. like to have a go at being the bioterrorist. Yeah. Well, I hope you will will get to go at some point, even if I have to pay a three hander on the uh, on the uh, <laughs> main board. I don't mind that because I really enjoy playing Pandemic. Yeah, and. I think once again it deals with a lot of the the problems with base pandemic is people can learn it and start thinking it's solved. Yes. And this absolutely blows that out of the water. Yes. Because I think even the the heaviest base game quarterbacker would struggle with hinterlands beyond uh, I'm going to do my best with this. Yes. I think they'd have to be a very dedicated to being a dick about playing, yeah. to uh, to you know try and override everyone for that. So yeah, I think it's it's nice to deal with that, and it's nice to see elements that I'm not going to spoil anything specific. Yeah. But it's nice to see elements of things we saw added late game or mid game in uh, Pandemic Legacy, Pandemic Legacy Two and Zero. Yeah, those sort of aspects of the game that was just like oh. It's, I maybe got to play two games with that aspect yeah. in. It's it's nice to see them take stuff 
that is like really interesting mechanics from Legacy. Yeah, I don't know which came first, but yeah, it's, it's and... nice to see those elements just appear. Yeah, again, indeed. Um, well, have you played anything else this week you want to quickly rattle through? Uh, yeah, I just want to quickly, just quickly. I'll be, I'll yeah. be good. I'll be quick. So, um, I played some Super Lesbian Animal RPG. I've played a little bit of that myself. I it's very it. cute. It's oh, very it's gay. Uh, the I had a few problems with the graphic settings. Managed yep. to work them out in the end. Basically, I wouldn't recommend setting the start in full screen <laughs> from yeah. the the toggle box that pops up at the start. That caused me untold problems that it took me a while to work out how to deal with. Ultimately, though, the actual gameplay itself, really yeah. love it. I like the p- politics slider and the u- ludonarrative dissonance <laughs> slider. I I like an RPG where you uh, your primary character is a healer. That is yes. uh, that is that is uncommon for an RPG, and it's a nice little change of pace. As someone who loves to play healer in in so yeah. many things, I am I'm glad that was an option, and I am enjoying all the characters. I'm not super deep in it, but I I had fun playing on stream, and it was it was nice to do something that was unashamedly queer. Yes, I want to put more time into it, but the little bit of it I've seen has been like, yeah, this this seems worth worth my time. It, it's been very queer so far, and I hear it gets queerer and more trans. So yay, yay for that! I uh, also played a another Survivors game called Whisker Squadron. Well, it's it's a demo at the moment. Okay, so this is available on Steam. Apparently, Steam is going. Oh, you you played two hundred eight hours of of Vampire Survivors. Whoa, ho, ho, let me get you all of the Survivors games. I mean, that's fair. You have suggested you quite enjoy this genre. Oh, yeah. Well, I have if now. Done right. I have now. Um, this is almost like the original Star Fox, the corridor levels. Okay. So rather than, like, you know, uh, Star Fox 64 had a lot of the, like, big all range mode yeah. battle areas. This is the, like, you're flying down a corridor and there are enemies. And it's... If you shoot the enemies enough, eventually they will explode, fly into the clouds behind them. You will get pickups from that of, like, I guess, scrap. Yeah. And you can use that to do upgrades within the level. You're also getting money that you can use for wider upgrades outside the game. I enjoyed what I played, but it is quite a restrictive demo. Okay. So, couple couple of issues. One, if you are like, ah, fuck, I've, I died and I want to get back into another run... You have to be a bit careful to navigate because it will keep sending you back to the Steam page for the full game. Oh, yes, Which is yes. not out yet. It keeps trying to send you to the, like, please, Wish please, list now. Yeah. Uh, I have already. Please stop sending me to this page. And yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's the demo. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of enemy variety yet. Yeah. Again, I I don't know how big it's going to get, but that that is what it is at the moment. There seems to be, like, just a few basic enemies... The I'm guessing the corridors are procedurally generated. Okay. But it's quite a nice, uh, like, neon pink and, and blacks and greens. I'm liking of a slightly uh, synth-wavy vibe. The Steam Store page, uh, like, trailer video has some really great music, but the in-game music is just okay. It feels a bit, uh, we found some royalty-free music that isn't even mm. super sci-fi. Yeah. So what I'm going to wait for is the full game to come out and, and see how it do for the, regards to that. Yeah. There's a lot of the, uh, like, the roguelite outside of the main game power-ups for, for long-term use. Most of them are locked at the moment, but you do get to sort of look through what the list is, and I've 
I'm like, yep, that would be really handy for this, and I think I would be having more fun with it yeah. if I could just put a few coins into that. There seems to be a bunch yeah. of different characters. I believe there's extra ships eventually, yeah. but um, a, a sense I believe of like, it's happening at this, some point this year. This seems cool. I'll play it when all that cool-looking stuff that we're, yeah. that I'm excited about is there. If, assuming it's a reasonable price. But I, I've, yeah. I've enjoyed what I've seen so far, and more of that, please, because I quite like original Star Fox. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Ah, uh, not much else, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, we, we, we played some stuff together and we can like very quick, like stuff we've played before, but we can quickly yes. talk about other player counts. Uh, we played Hogs of War at four player. Yes. Much um, better at four player. Much better at four player. Uh, still has some balance issues, but I think that having more units on the board who get into combat more quickly and there are more, uh, threats on the board to be thinking about mm-hmm. makes that a more enjoyable game. Yeah. Again, I think I would like to take out some of the, um, point scoring stuff agreed and maybe make it like you get points for doing damage to people's bases yeah so at that point you're so on top of each other there is actual potential for that yes and i i did like the like constant back and forth of that i'm excited for when we reach the point of doing custom maps that we've done some balance testing on in four player yes that's when i think we're gonna really get into this because i i the the uh, the idea i've been having for four player as a, as a custom map would be you can basically eventually build everything so you've got your um your planes and your airships yeah. and stuff you have a level 3 swill pump right near your base that yeah. is yours to start with and the only way to get points is direct damage on other people's base yes and there's just so much potential for that to get really chaotic uh, in the best yeah. way uh, we also played some Everdell in four player, both yes. the base game and then the, uh, the sort of yeah the the, the expansion that's the market. Uh, that game plays really nicely in four player. Yes. Um, the big difference in four player is if you see a thing and you don't get it right now, there's a much bigger chance of it being gone by the time you come back yep. around. That we game... did see more of the deck though. I think this is the yeah. first time we played a game where we ended up having to shuffle. I, th- I think both both games we either completed the deck or got very close to the end of it. Like yes. a lot of stuff does come around by the end, which is nice. Uh, um, and again, it was it was Everdell where somebody at the table had only played it for the first time that weekend, and by the end of the weekend, they were going, "I really want to get a copy of Everdell." Yeah, <laughs> which is basically what I did. Yeah. Um. We played some Merchant's Cove in four-player. Yes. Um, I continue to be really impressed by how well the, the four di- the four different uh, classes we were playing are balanced. Yes. In terms of you are playing four completely different games that all ended up pretty dang close together on a final scoring. Yes. Like, that game, I am impressed at how well they balance the different mechanics. Yeah, I think they did really well. I think we made the best choice with regard to teaching that. Yep. We took the two easiest characters, the ones we had played the most, yep. and taught them to a person on either end of a sofa. Indeed. The biggest issue was that we gave the the player, the character with the marbles to the player who had some finger numbness. Yes. Uh, which we know for next time. The joys of working in a kitchen. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I I think uh, bar that minor yeah. accessibility issue, I think everyone had fun with that one. Uh, terraforming Mars in four player. Ah, uh, it's been so long since we played Terraforming Mars. Yes, and even longer since we've done it in four player. I think. Yeah, I think we've it's... maybe done it once or twice. Four player Terraforming Mars is really neat in that 
while the game goes by a bit faster in that there's more people filling in things on the board, Mm -hmm. it's nice to have an end state that feels so full. Yes. And... Like, it doesn't feel like there is that much of an increase in, oh, dang, I can't do that thing I was planning because someone else did. Yeah. If anything, it sort of minimises the number of terms that you're waiting around for a certain attribute to reach a certain point so you can get your engine going. Yep, Yep. there's a lot less of that, I've got to hang on to this card for a really long time. Yeah. You get one in your first deal and it's like, I think this will be really good, but it's probably going to be about an hour or so before I get to use this. Yes. I enjoyed that. I think the main main thing that got me a bit was there were so many cards almost in the first round that meant that everyone was putting down oceans that we had four oceans down before we hit our second or third generation and and that's that's just a luck of the draw thing i think rather than you know anything balance i i felt like i was blinking and missing the game like i remember it going on not long long but not without the, the, ex- the oceans, not without the extra difficulty. The oceans stuff. were the thing that happened with. I think the rest of the resources moved at a much more reasonable pace. I think also I think because one thing was almost written off within four or five generations, that yeah. it meant that the every, every, basically the, the everything was just getting done much more quickly, almost systematically. Everyone kind of specked away from from the one thing and yeah. was a bit more focused. We've only got two things to deal with. Let's go. Yeah, but um, yeah, really enjoyed. We played some Brass Birmingham. Oh, lovely to get that out again. I really enjoy that game, but yeah, um, it's I, I kind of semi dread teaching it to people because <laughs> it's it's one I really love. I know it's really crunchy, and I know it can be perhaps a little bit of a dry subject for people. Oh, it's, it's but good. it's oh, it's it's so such good. a satisfying core loop, and it's such a tidy tiny box. There's yeah. no wasted space, and it fits on a shelf good and yeah. the components are lovely and oh god i love uh, it we did some D. we did uh you you did us a little lovely little one shot with two of our I friends did. it was called a large green erection <laughs> um i basically we had people who wanted to play some more D, yeah. and I, I i ran a a campaign with a few people at a music festival that we went to way back in the summer yeah and they were like we'd love to play some more so I pondered it, and since we didn't mm. have much going on because we finished playing Jaws of the Lion together, I ran that, and it was set several in, uh, several centuries later after the end of Polyarmory in that same yeah. world. So I had my world uh, created. I, I, I sat with uh, D&D Beyond and very quickly threw together some character sheets yeah. based on what they wanted, the, sort of mechanically how they wanted to play. Yeah. Um, we, we had a fun little we fun little fun couple of story. And, and you saved the wizard Attenborough. It was very silly, and we had a good time. Yeah, there was there was some peril and some like ah, what are we gonna do? So and many Mykonids. So many, so many <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. Had it's a it's time. nice to to do a D and D that is way less pressure. Yeah, I think there's there is just more pressure on on D and D from a podcasting point of view because oh, although yeah. you can play way more rules light and that's just generally accepted for all of cool stuff. Yeah. It's, it, it can feel really pressuring of, of people are going to make this thought, have yes. thoughts about this. Everything beyond, I, every, we had fun yes. and I've forgotten all yes. the bad bits. Everything I do here has to be consequential and has to continually be engaging. And that is a, yeah, a pressure. I think even when we got into heavy combat, we managed to keep everyone yeah. pretty much engaged and, 
I, I think also sitting in a room with people. Yeah. I found it way easier to go, you haven't said anything for a while, you do something. Yes, exactly. And I, I have noticed that my, during my attempts to edit the last few episodes of Polyamory that there are times where certain characters are not being called on enough. Yeah. It's like, I did my best, but ADHD. Yeah. It is, it is what it is. Oh, yes. Um... And I think the last couple of played things very quickly oh, yeah. is you've played with two new twisty things. Oh yes, the J uh, YJV three. The YJV three is a, an interesting little cube. It's a is this the two by two, but also a three by three, but also a one by one, one by one. So yeah, it it is basically that. It is it looks like a two by two with a circle in the middle, mm. and it looks like the circle just moves around and you can just swap the centers yes what you quickly realize if you slightly pull the edges apart on the outer (laughs) two by two is that there are in fact three by three style edge pieces so if you solve it like a two by two then you're gonna find that you pull those apart and the edge pieces and it are, are probably in the wrong place yeah if you just shift the one by one around that's probably fine but again you might end up with the edge pieces in slightly weird angles so you can solve it however you want but the thing that struck me most is it's got a really lovely action on it oh it feels so it shouldn't feel that smooth to rotate the sphere in the middle of the square yeah the whole that like every action in that feels like light as a feather and yeah i don't but, know but also sturdily together like it doesn't feel like it's going to fall apart it doesn't feel loose well it feels like you can stretch it quite a lot yeah. you can corner cut on it quite yeah. nicely but it doesn't feel like it, it's going to pop at any point yeah it doesn't feel loose it doesn't feel like it's going to pop it doesn't feel like there's any friction it's no. Considering it's, it was under a fiver, yeah, that's a really nice. It's kind of fascinating cube. how nice it feels. Yeah, it's 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 a fun little experiment, and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm glad I got that. The other one was the pentacle cube. The pentacle cube. I've wanted a pentacle cube for a while because, it's basically a three by three. Well, it's basically a two by two, but it has this. Uh, each uh, face has a a pentacle on it. Yeah, and you have to line that up in order to turn. Like the edges, so you make a straight line all the way across, round one slice, turn it, and then you'd have to rearrange all the pentacles to, if you want to move the next thing. And for me, that is a bit of a problem. <laughs> because I realised the issue is, it's like, okay, I need to do this algorithm. Cool. Well, we're going to do it very slowly while we're trying to line things up. And then we're going to have to remember where in that algorithm we are. <laughs> so I ended up not doing a lot of efficient moves just for the sake of i can do a shorter move that i have to repeat several times yeah because i can work out or i can keep those those little bits in my head in pieces you you can't rely on muscle memorying the the movement yeah i can't carry you through a a big lengthy algorithm yeah i couldn't do like a 12 algorithm move because i'd just get freaking lost and and even with the short ones there were a couple of times i was like no hang on i've done that the wrong way around because I've just lost my place in the in the damn thing. And maybe for someone without ADHD, that would be way easier. Maybe for someone who could picture things in their head. Yeah. Maybe someone who didn't have aphantasia, might, that might be easier to, to manage. But I solved it. I solved it within an Yay. hour. Um, so, um, my main thing now is sitting there going, it's it's got carbon fiber style stickers on it. And yeah. part of my brain's like, yeah, but I could make them all line up properly as well. <laughs> 
I've, I've solved it. What if I solved it tidily as well? Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a fun one. And again, less than a fiver. So yeah. nice to mm, thanks Cubes UK for being a source of weird new things to fuck around with because. Festive holidays are a good time to sit down with a puzzle and Indeed. mess. I did the Gigaminx a couple of times this holiday as well. Yay. It was nice to go, I have time and I'm not like worrying uh, that you could be doing other things. Yeah. I could be, but fuck it. I'm doing this. Uh, have you played anything else this week? I've briefly played with the Novation FL Key <gasps> 37. Yeah. It's, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a very lovely uh, keyboard by Divine, uh, by Novation who make my other keyboard as well. Uh, but it's very specifically designed to work with FL Studio, which yeah. is my door of choice. And I am just getting to grips with it, but it's nice to have one that goes, I plug in and I just work. You're not going to have to learn mini MIDI programming to make the uh, the uh, drum pads work in any faint way that they should do. Like, the drum pads on this have been nice, properly responsive. They light up the correct colours for FPC. Yay. I can like mess around with stuff in the channel rack just straight off of the the keyboard there's like transport controls and all sorts of other things you can scroll through presets just from the keyboard so you can spend a lot of time not like looking back up at the door you can just go i want to do this here is my thing and and it feels like it's gonna be one less block in the way of creativity yeah and now i'm just looking forward to getting a day where i'm not panicking about Actually, outside life stuff and, and getting work done and all having run out of meds and all the other good stuff and I can just sit down and make music. Yay! Yay. I'm excited for you to have that. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm enjoying that so... I think that's everything. I think that is everything. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Oh, hi. Uh, do come in and have oh, a seat. Thank you, thank you. Um, now what can I do for you today? So... Yeah, something something is not right. I've mm. I've been feeling like very unusually run down. Okay. I'm feeling just not myself. I'm very tired. I am really really lacking in energy. I just am not feeling myself, and I I don't know what's going on. Right. Okay. And have you had any lifestyle changes recently? Uh no, no, uh, no, nothing the obvious I can think of. You've been eating okay. Yeah, yeah, been eating okay. And you're still masking when you go out. Yeah, still masking. Okay, you've had your boosters. Yeah, I've had the boosters. Have you been near any anyone who's had either the flu or, or no, the, no, no, nothing like that. Okay, well let's have a look at you. If you could uh, just sit here, would you mind just uh, taking oh. your jacket off? Oh there? yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, and if you could just lift up your hair, I'm just gonna have a quick yep. check. Yeah. Just here. Okay. Okay. Are you getting any pain there? Uh, no. Okay, how about over here? Uh, no. Hmm. Okay, do you mind if I just turn your collar down a little bit? Uh, sure. Okay. Ah, yes, okay. I think we've got the problem here. You do seem to have a very nasty parasite. Oh no! Yeah, okay. And um, so, have you have you noticed any problems at, at home that haven't been getting sorted out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just no, sort of you general it. maintenance stuff that a really little, should be getting a little bit, a little bit looked after. Okay. And bit. are you finding that a good chunk of your um, your wages every month are just sort of disappearing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not really getting much in return. Uh, and in and in return, you've maybe noticed that you're just getting more and more tired and drained. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See what hap- What this is, I think, is is you've got yourself a landlord. 
Oh. Yeah, they are a very nasty kind of oh. parasite. And once they get their little teeth in, they really have to just cling on in there and, and, and basically just extract your money and energy and time for, well, well nothing really. That's not a very symbiotic yeah. relationship, that. Well, it's not certainly not very healthy. Uh, so, uh, have you had any previous reactions to any kind of uh, antibiotics or... No, 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 should be good. And and everything okay with regards to anaesthetic? Yeah, no, no, it's all good. Right, okay. Well, would you have time for me to try and remove this for you today? Oh, certainly so. Uh, okay, let's just get some, just some numbing cream around the edge there, and then I'm just going to get my my pointiest tweezers and just get them right under there and just oh there we come on now there we go (laughs) I work very hard I work very hard I work Mm, uh, the rent's going up I'm going to have to put the rent up for this Mm, mm, mm. okay and let's just get that disposed of in the bio bin there nasty little creature okay Um, I'll just get someone from reception to come and incinerate that hopefully you'll you'll feel a bit better I feel better already. Excellent. Well, uh, well, since you're in the UK, that uh, won't cost you a penny. Thanks, well, thank so thanks you. for coming in. Oh. And uh, obviously, do keep an eye out. If if maybe there's a few of these going around at the moment, do keep an eye on your friends and oh, make I sure to you. tell them, and we'll we'll get those sorted out. Hey, come 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 in, come in. Um, it, it's going to be so fun, this, isn't it? It's, it's going to be great. I'm ready. I'm I'm really looking Got your forward notes. to. Yeah, I've got my notes. I'm really looking cool. forward to having my turn. And you the... sorted out the custom wild magic table for me? Yeah, well, I've got, I've got everything ready. I've, I've, cool. I, I'm so looking forward to being able to be like, oh, I'm the one with the secretive screen who gets to, oh, have final say on things now. Ooh, it's going to be fun. All the power is yours. Yeah. Yours, yours, it's yours. It's going to be great. All the power is yours. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I guess we'll uh, we'll, so we'll start playing. You're sitting in a tavern. Awesome. Okay, so how many possible targets are there? Oh, I mean, there's... I'm going to say about 20 friendly NPCs who've done nothing to you. Excellent. Several of which so, are que- like quest important. Cool, cool. So I'm just going to roll this D100 with triple Wait, advantage. What? Excellent. Okay. Wait, what? Well, I. What, what? So, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put these oiled uh, rags of, of leather into my nostrils, and then I'm going to release my gas cloud over the entire room that I've used by mixing the poison gas with this canister that I've been slowly filling up. Uh, I, I, you get to use that just as a uh, as a bonus action because it's not really a full action. I already had this thing prepared as you'll see there in my uh, in inventory list um and yeah yeah can i have a look at your uh yeah please do can I have a look at your so car- car- yeah sheet, that one's dead I... that one's dead that one's dead oh, oh they're pretty oh, they're god. dead oh god so many uh, oh, oh did you paint this one yeah put loads of detail in that i really love that one's dead so many of these and, so many of these um, were going to be so important oh and hang on uh just flip a coin oh yep the whole building's on fire um, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so uh, okay, I would like okay, so to pause. Pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're sat outside of a tavern now. Ah, uh, I'm going to taste down. one of my marshmallows. I'm going to need you to show me your character sheet because I don't know what just happened. There you go. There's my character sheet. Uh-huh. I'm going to. I'm just going to toast one of my marshmallows, okay, okay. which you'll see just there on line six, cool. uh, over the fire. Okay. I'm going to use my rapier. Oh. Oh. Yep. I will be a level three bard fighter paladin. You'll see I've uh, I, I've uh, 
multi-class there so that I can get the absolute best out of everything. You'll oh. see that I've managed to get my AC up to 19. And you'll notice that all of my stats have plus four in them. Yep, yeah, I see, I see, I see what you have... Mechanic- but also because of my racial trait as a half-tabaxi beholder... Uh-huh. That I've I've managed to get myself like complete resistant to spells and yep. it's dexterity that basically means I'm unhittable. Yep. No, I see that, and I also see how. Um, oh, I see that description of your character voice right there that I'm going to be listening to every every session. Now ready for me to do the thing. Yep. 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 I'm ready. I'm ready to try and tell a grounded, heartfelt narrative with that voice going on. Um, you're gonna do great. You're gonna do great. This is yeah, gonna be brilliant. This is gonna be yeah, brilliant. yeah. Cool. And this is this is just naturally the character you wanted to play. Yeah, huh? it's, it's just defi- you know, just def- definitely. I mean, I've got a lot of experience with the game. Obviously, I've seen a lot of things over the years, and you know, just yeah. to put this- some of my favorite bits together, just to yeah. you know, finally and- get to give it a go. And this is definitely not punishment for all the things we've done over the years as players when you've DM'd. Why on? No, no. This is just. Just some ideas that I had that I've I've, I've just thrown together, you know. Okay, I've got a lot okay. of experience DMing, and I DM'd people yeah, before you yeah. came uh, along. Well, okay, okay. Sure, we'll go ahead with it, but here's what I want to say in return. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next time you DM for me, I'm going to go Googling every broken metal list that exists out there. Get ready for me to turn a swarm of flies into elephants and have them raining down from the sky. Two can play at this game. Oh no, I slipped and fell on my magic sword that is just enough to to kill me. Oh no, I'm dead. I guess I have to, I guess I have to retire. So, (gasps) what have you put in your eyes? Oh, well, we watched a bunch of stuff together because we spent like the better part of a week just doing stuff. Um, Or not doing stuff. We watched Gremlins together. No, 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 no. Uh, that 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 sure is a film that like goes hard and intense in yep. ways that I always forget that it's like as scary as it is at points. It's 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 for a, for a children's film. It's quite scary. It's it doesn't fuck about like visually. Like there, yeah. there are some really horrific scenes in that. For for a film that is largely like, hey, what if we we goofed around with sort of little little cute monster puppets? Um. Yeah, no, they they don't fuck around with getting no. intense there. Nope. And and yeah, it's it's visually it still looks it really good. It holds up so much better than so many other films of its practical era. Practical effects. Yeah, but I mean, like it's it's good practical effects. Yeah, like really, that's what I mean. Like yeah. practical effects generally look better for way longer. Yeah. I, I think that there is a real impressiveness to the sheer number of puppets that are being puppeted effectively at the same time in yeah. like large crowd type scenes. I think yeah. that really helps um, sort of sell the the illusion of these being living things. Yeah, it's um, fascinating. Uh, I think it managed to avoid being transphobic. I don't remember any transphobia. I think I'd have noticed really? at the time. I feel like I'd have noticed. Is, is it Gremlins 2 that has like, ah, oh. ha, ha, that, that one's got lipstick. That's a bit silly. Like, I, I think the, that's the, the closest the series I gets. I don't even think that was particularly transphobic. No, not, not necessarily. It's, it's, or, or even that that... That particular gremlin was yeah. supposed to be mascoted. Uh, Even I'm, so, they looked I'm, hot. I'm not suggesting it is. I'm, my point was more that 
I think the closest this series ever gets is ha ha lipstick. Ah, girly is funny. I feel like is the closest they get. But yeah, but yeah, I yeah. It's a film. It's, I, it's a film I never think about until I, the I don't know I've why I was it. thinking about it. It just popped into my head a couple of weeks ago, and I kept thinking of. I was trying to remember the dad's name, and I had it in my mind, and I had it correct, and my brain was going, "That's not." That, that can't be, that's... no. Well, I think it's just a case of the festive season was here, and that is a film technically set at the festive season. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, and it's a movie I've not watched probably since I was a kid, and we videotaped yeah. it off the TV when it was not as graphic it, as the version we it, watched. It holds <laughs> up fairly well. I think, like, about the worst that it does for a film of that era is there's... It, it's slight... There's that one character who's kind of xenophobic. Yeah, and there's a, a, a slight degree of, like, Asian stereotyping a little bit. There's a bit of, of uh, play, play... Oh, yes, the mysterious old the, man. The mysterious old man who's, uh, who's from Asia and probably has some sort of mysterious powers or secret knowledge of mysterious things. A little bit of that, but, like... He has a magical being, perhaps, that... that... I've oh, seen a lot yeah. worse from the era. Yeah, it's it's one of the least less problematic ones of its ilk. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I I didn't didn't I didn't go. Ah, oh, there's another thing yeah. I can never watch again. Uh, uh, what else did we watch? Uh, we watched uh, Don't Give Disney Money, but Don't we watched uh, Strange World. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I like this graphic style because this is the yeah. same one as. Um, what was the last one? Something about the Millers versus the Machines? Oh, or? that's not a Disney one. Is it not? No, that's... It's a very similar art it's style. It's a very similar art style. You are right. it's, it's a very similar character model style. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, Disney didn't make the Mitchells did, versus the Machines. Versus but I see... Machines. I understand the comparison you're making. Like, very similar, like, colour palette in a lot of ways. It, it and feels... And very similar character design. It feels like, at the very least, some inspiration was borrowed or in Or maybe regards. one of the artists Yeah, maybe, maybe some concept artist or something yeah. was similar, but... Uh, this is a film set in a, like, very remote village surrounded by mountains. And you've got a father that wants to sort of get over the mountains and explore the rest of the world, and a son who wants to find things that will make where they already live better. And he discovers this plant that basically ends up becoming uh, an electricity source for the community and sort of jumping them forward technologically. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a growable plant that is an energy source. And Dad continues pushing off through the mountains, nev never, seen never to be seen again. Um, and you then follow, like, that son, once he's grown up, and his kid having a similar sort of clash of what they want to do with their lives. And what a parent expects. Yes, and trying to deal with, like, parental... It's another it's another children's film about generational parental trauma. Generational pr 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 uh, pr parental trauma meets um journey to the center of the earth yeah it's it's a little bit more like rather than being from the child perspective of sort of generational trauma passing down it's about the pr the difficulty of being the parent trying to cut that cycle and how you might create new problems while trying to not perpetuate problems you went through yes just because you don't want to be an explorer doesn't yeah. mean to say that you expecting your son to be in this case a farmer yeah is is any better 
but yeah, it's that sort of wrapped around a really colourful, fun, creative... Um, I think your comparison was uh, Journey to the Centre of the Earth, which I think is an apt comparison. It is a... Seeing a a mysterious, strange world of... of Fantastical, mysterious journey. Um, Lots of unknowable things as a backdrop to a very character-driven story. Curious uh, character designs once we get away from the, like, human characters. And then just, like, fascinating ways of... Ah, you thought about this one particular um, ecosystem in a very particular way. And there's there's quite a lot of ways to think about that, and it's it's nice yeah. to see. I'm being vague for a reason, yeah, but yeah. it's nice to see how all those things are designed and how they uh, how they exist and coexist. Yeah. By by the end, I think that it did a really good job of tying its world building together, so that you have like a different understanding by the end, and you can look back and go, oh yeah. A bunch of stuff that I didn't understand at the time now makes a lot of sense in the yep. world building, and it feels like a very cohesively thought through place to explore. And one of those where if your kid decides that this is their film they want to watch over and over again, you'll probably at least appreciate the first rewatch to go, oh, yeah, I now see that that is what that is that's yeah. happening there. Um... Yeah, I really liked it, and I'll also say I think this is the first time that Disney has done a gay character in Disney film that they've actually deserved that label and I can go... I think we actually have Disney's first actual gay character. A, a gay character that is prominent and prominently gay. Yep. And a major character. And, and hopefully inarguably yeah, gay. And isn't just on screen for five minutes and is gay on screen. Yep. Also a, a young person who is queer. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really liked the handling of that. Yeah. I thought that that was really well done. Yep. I and hopefully there was no way of editing that out for. It feels like it would be hard to edit out. It, it, it I think it might be possible, but I hope yeah. they didn't. At the very least, it feels like one of the harder ones for them to edit out that they've done. It's yeah. not four seconds of one handhold in a in a light year montage, or or a kiss in a background that you might have missed and and not been able yeah. to sort of explain away. So yeah, we'll we'll see what what yeah. that ends up being. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. Don't give Disney money. Don't give Disney money, but I also enjoyed it. And then we watched about six hours of Bluey Season 2. Well, we we watched the end of Season 1 and two-thirds of Season 2. Bluey continues to be a very charming show. It really is. And it also manages to sort of subtly convey quite adult subjects in a way that an adult would sort of go, oh, there there is more to that blink and you'll miss it moment yeah but it also i think it's done a very impressive job for something that is sort of aimed for such a young audience of avoiding too much repetition like it is rare to get a show like this that still feels like it has new ideas a little ways in yeah like, i think it's... that's what 50 60 episodes per season yeah it's it is it is a real treat that show yeah. it's adorable and i i've also liked the way and even when it has sort of repeated a concept it's been a very different thing and, yes. and the thing i mean by that is there there has been a, a couple of episodes where 
the kids have dealt with a thing that is happening in their life by explaining it, well, re- like, retelling yeah. it through play. Yes. Which I think is just a thing kids do anyway. Yes. But, like, th- those have all been very different, and, and the way yes. different people have reacted to that. I quite like the one where they go camping and meet a French dog. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, ah, no, they, the the friend went home, and it's... I never got to talk to the friend yeah. again. It's... It's a really beautiful story about like friendship being able to exist outside of language barriers. Yes. And how the sort of limits of that and how how real it can feel but how much can be missed that is important. Mm. It's a really like interestingly nuanced little story. Yeah, I mean in so many levels it's they're learning to communicate even though they don't speak the same language, and eventually resorting yeah. to like um, like pictograms, yeah, drawn in mud, and then that whole thing of this is a friend I made on holiday, yeah. and I may never see them again. Yeah. If we didn't have the foresight to go, mm, will my mum talk to your mum and, yeah. and swap but, addresses? But, but or even whatever? so, like the little wrinkle in there of in a lot of those stories, you at least know that it's the the that them they're going, and the language barrier being your sort of like. One of you thinks you've communicated that you're leaving and the other hasn't understood that's what you meant. Yes. And that being, like, a particularly strong rug pull, mm. it's... Because, like, I think I think Bluey says on that first morning after realising the friend's not there anymore, why didn't he tell me he was going? Something along those lines. Yeah, and it's like... He, it's he, quite he, heartbreaking. Yeah, it's... Because, like, that's the thing. It's like, he... Uh, uh, yeah, that's the thing, is that, that that kid did try and tell you, and you didn't understand, but your response is to go, is, is to think that they abandoned you, and that's really sad, and that's a lot yeah. to deal with. And I think also, like, the moment before that, yeah. when um, the, the other dog's name is Jean-Luc, uh, yes. he, uh, says, um, he, he's trying to say that, he's, that this is the last yeah. day. And Bluey's like, okay, bye. Yeah. And because that clearly hasn't got across, and there's a little bit of, oh. Yeah, it's, 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 there are some really beautiful episodes of this show yeah. that are like, just really well done storytelling. I quite like the one where the hippie kid in, um, is playing mums and dads oh. with one of the others, and they sort of have a bit of a falling out, and then there's like a whole thing of, Wandering around trying yeah. to get other people to play with the baby. And it's like, you're not doing it the way I want. Yeah. And, and then eventually going, okay, we've, like, we've had a break and we're getting back together. But it's nice. It's nice as a exploration, not only of like um, children picking up gender roles from parents, but also yes. of how different parental situations can give very different impressions of what parental roles are to children. Yes. Because it is very much a story of, Mums do this because that's what my mum does. Yes. Well, no, mums do this because that's what my mum does. Yes. And trying to apply the universal rules from very limited information. It kind of reminds me of that TikTok we watched the other week of the the kid telling the woman in the bookshop the story about um, playing house with someone at school mm. and the girl being like, well, I don't have a dad, so I'm... I'm being being a mum. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have a mum, so I'm being a dad. And the other one being like, okay, I'll be the mum. And yeah. the, the other kid being like, no, you can't. You're a boy. You have to be the dad. And I think the child hit the other child. No, he told him to fuck off. Oh, yeah, told him to fuck off. That was it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it was a similar vibe. It was one. an F word yeah. situation. <laughs> it was an F 
It was an F word situation indeed. Uh, yeah, I and I, I I like the way Bluey has sort of covered stuff like that. Yeah. Fuck the BBC, but I do really like Bluey. Well, it's not originally a BBC show. It it's, was. I mean, it's it's all tagged with BBC or so all the credits. It's uh, the BBC. It's Australia. The but... BBC imported it and oh, handled a lot of the worldwide distribution. That being said, uh, the BBC. Uh, fuck the BBC particularly on Bluey because there's there's entire episodes that don't exist in the BBC version what? that got cut. The BBC makes a lot of very awkward, like very forced stilted edits around like really simple things. Um, I was watching a compilation of like stuff that's been changed from the Australian version to the BBC version. Right. Um, there's at one point a joke about like um, Bl- Bluey joking about one of her um, stuffed animals. Um, threatening to pee pee on the the curtains, uh, like a little old lady dog, a doll being like, "If you don't give me my tea, I'll pee on the curtains." <laughs> um, and that gets like overdubbed as "I'll scratch up the curtains." Anything that's like body humor related jokes huh. go. There's a lot of removing like farts, um, or jokes about the toilet, or anything that like, or it just references is like Weird. weirdly cut around, um. There's like there's some other stuff. I that wonder if that's as BBFC well. regulations or if that's very specifically the BBC <sighs> being dicks. Maybe, but like there's, oh, what is there? Yeah, there's some like very weird specific edits and cuts that the BBC makes to Bluey, and luckily most of it exists on TikTok. Indeed. Um. Yeah. It, it go down the rabbit hole of learning about the BBC edits. It's genuinely fascinating. Like the things that they don't. That they don't want to present to children that yeah. are completely harmless parts of childhood. Is this all revenge for the Peppa Pig episode with the with the spider being cut out in Australia? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you won't have uh, spiders. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that was a bunch of bluey. That was a bunch of bluey. I think. Oh. Uh. We also. Yes. We watched Matilda the musical. We did. What did you think of it? It's all right. Yeah. Uh. It. It was an adaptation of Matilda. Yeah. Um. I liked one of the songs. Uh, there were there were a couple of the songs I liked. There was a couple that like, I feel like the song is good, but the the recording of it wasn't great. Right. Like there were some cluttered performances uh, that were a little hard to follow. Was, do you think this was a case of we've tried to make it bombastic for the screen, uh, and maybe. Or, or just something that didn't necessarily convey well from from stage to screen? Yeah, possibly. I don't think. Like. Mm. I, I wanna I wanna make this criticism, but I'm also aware that like this is a film of largely child actors. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that this adaptation's Matilda makes as strong of a uh, an impression as a distinct character as the one in the original film. I feel yes. like this Matilda was a list of character traits and not necessarily. And I mean, maybe this is just because it's a musical. There's a lot of saying that a character believes certain things or wants certain things and not a lot of seeing it. Yeah, and, and I guess it's got a lot to tell in a in a short space of time. Yeah. While still feeling quite long at the same time. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the sort of like... I did enjoy the sort of like slightly dark storytelling sense that this Matilda ha- like as a character had. Yes, yeah. And how that was sort of a, a, a relating point with adults was really interesting. Yes. Um, I think that um oh who was it who played Miss Trunchbull? Um, uh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson did a fantastic. Yep. I think that is a very hard role to step into because people have such a 
solid idea of what that character is from its like very well-defined first performance. That is tough shoes to step into, and I think Emma Thompson did a really good job of not making it obvious it was Emma Thompson. Yeah. Having a, a distinct take on the character that still felt fitting. Even when I was like, I think I recognise Emma Thompson's voice. I just convinced myself it wasn't her for a good long portion of the film. Yeah. And then you looked at, I think you IMDB'd it at one point. And yeah. went, oh, it's Emma Thompson. I was like, I bloody yeah. knew it. No, I was IMDBing to look up who um, was playing Miss Honey. Uh, um, I was like, I know I recognise you from something. And then saw that Emma Thompson was like, oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... <sighs> and she had a good singing voice. Yes. She did sing well. But, I just, I see what you mean about, um, oh, what's her name? Miranda something? Is it the original uh, oh, um, child actress? Yes, yes. Um, the one Blazing that plays... Faces old woman who yes, secretly yes, is in the yes. house. Yes, um, I get, yeah, I absolutely get what you mean with regards to maybe not being as, as strong a role. I feel like the writing had a decent amount to do with that. Yeah. Because she did act a little sucks off. Yes. Now, that's the thing. is I don't think it's it's necessarily a criticism on the, on the actor. I think that the framing of trying to make a a concise length musical yes and telling a lot of stories through song that is describing what's happening kind of necessitates that yeah the the other bugbear i have with this is that i don't like conceptually the i think it's the opening song um a little bit naughty Yes. But I don't like... Because here's the thing. You watch the original Matilda. Mm-hmm. It is very much presented as... Um, parent... Uh, adult authority figures will often use their position of authority to... Uh, basically exact control at, uh, maliciously over children. Yes. And that... And the, and the, yeah. the, the thing that uh, Danny DeVito sort of mentions that gets yeah. hooked onto really heavily yeah. is the, if a person is bad, they deserve to be punished. Yes, and it's that whole speech that, that Danny DeVito... I don't know if that's in the book. Yes. But I know in, like, in the film there is that Danny DeVito speech, which is the, like, I'm smart, you're dumb, I'm big, you're small, uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. And, like... The it, sense of powerlessness yeah. of being a child. Yeah, and the the original film of Matilda is very much about like it is morally acceptable to do what you have to to uh, I, I don't know if even the odds is the right term to to make things morally right when authority figures are abusing their authority mm-hmm. and expecting you not to fight back. It is morally acceptable for you to fight back in your own small little ways that are ultimately not that harmful, but are you exerting some control in response? Yes. And I feel like a little bit naughty presents that behaviour, particularly from Matilda, as that is a naughty bad thing to do, but like, oh, it's oh, I'm being a little bit cheeky by doing bad naughty thing. Like it really feels like it fails to capture that energy of I am doing what I can to regain some control in a situation where my parents and teachers have made me feel powerless. I think that's why I prefer the closing song, Revolting Children. Yes. Because it is a a perfect... It's a homophone. I fucking yeah. love a homophone. Yeah. It's... The children are revolting. Yes. And from Trunchbull's point of view, they are revolting children. Like, yeah, it's a great one. I wish it didn't refrain back to a uh, little bit naughty. I wish it, it, it didn't pull... Because again... At the end, it, it ends on the note of all of the children are now being a little bit naughty. And I'm like, 
the phrase a they're little not, bit. They're naughty. being they're being yeah. free and and a little bit exerting yeah. some control over their lives. A little bit naughty feels like it really underplays the value and the the uh, importance of what they have achieved. Of in, questioning an authority. Yeah, uh, like that that it is morally right to stand up to unjust authority. Yes, and that just because authority tells you it is unanimous doesn't mean you can't prove it wrong. Yeah. And, um, like, I think that's ultimately, like, the biggest reason why I struggle with this adaptation. There, there was a few things I struggled with, and I will get to them in a second. Uh, I haven't read the book since I was in primary school, so mm. I couldn't tell you if this was a case of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory versus Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where yeah. there was a bunch of stuff in the uh, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp movie that was in the book that wasn't in the original film. That they went, okay, we're going to put it in this way. And if you are a big fan of the original film and you haven't read the book in a while, you might be like, hey, hang on. Yeah. Whereas, and and this one, I I know the story even less well. Because I think I struggled through it once in primary school. Didn't go back to it. Watched the original film two or three times, maybe. Yeah. And this is the first time I'm sort of coming back to to any um, version of that. I felt compared to the previous film mm. that the cast was a lot whiter. Yeah. And I realised that this felt very more UK based. Yeah. And you might argue that there is less black population in the countryside of the UK than there is in, I think, is it? Because I swear it's like New York or something in the original film. It's like a city. Because there's yeah. a lot of quite built up buildings and stuff in in that yeah i could yeah. be completely wrong but i i feel like that's i feel like you're right again it's been a while it has been a really long time maybe i'll watch the other one again soon yeah. but so there was that issue there was also uh and i saw someone on tiktok bring this up the fat kid isn't a isn't that fat yes. and b is wearing padding yes which as they pointed out like you can get yeah. away with that on stage because you have to make yeah. that character trait if that is the character trait play to the very back of the room yes, way up in the gods exactly and mm. you don't need to do that in the film yes i was like mm. it's it's the whole thing of ben uh i think his name's ben plath uh being able to play a teenager in dear evan hansen on the stage yes. but he is entirely the wrong choice to play it yes. in, in film yeah, yeah like it's yeah you've got to make different casting choices yeah. on film and that is a really disappointing one yeah, of those and, and i think like you you can make many arguments about uh, in in a stage show of we need to find somebody who can do all of the singing, all of the dancing, yeah, and can can do that while wearing this particular outfit. Yeah. If you are shooting a film, you have plenty of time between takes. Yeah. So if that kid is less fit, perhaps not, not yeah. necessarily even the case. Yeah. But if that kid is bigger, is it would be struggling more with like really energetic stuff for long periods of time. You have time between takes to rest and recover. Yeah. And kids are only allowed to be on set for so long anyway. Yes. And it, it just felt like you've really yeah. like homogenized the cast a bit. Yeah. I, but I, I, again, on the other hand, I I liked there are aspects of it I liked. I really liked there was a song in the middle um when when I grow, when I've grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was very sweet. That yeah. sort of that sort of got me for a bit. Um, the I think the librarian character is really well handled yeah. and like is. I think it's really sweet seeing 
genuine enthusiasm from an adult in response to a child being creative. I think that's a really sweet dynamic. I really love that aspect. Yeah. And, and just that that whole, uh, the, the way the two of them acted together, I thought that was really yeah. cool. And I almost wanted to see more of what if the librarian had just gone, hey, I distribute books. You, What if you write books? We'll go and have cool adventures together. Yeah. That could yeah. have been a fun story. Yeah, it's... They really sold me on this, like, side relationship, and I was very yeah, built in on it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, the child playing Matilda does such a good job of dramatic reading and pacing of story. Yeah. Like, the storytelling sections, I was I was hooked. Like, yeah. That is a very as, as well- As much as the librarian of, like, yeah, oh, no, don't make me wait till tomorrow. Child. Yeah. Like, there were, there were a lot of good things in it. Uh, oh, there was that Trunchbull-related song with the uh, the sort of boot camp. Yes. Where that moment where the percussion, uh, the yeah. percussion quote-unquote happens, <laughs> is that a really smart choice? Yeah. Like, there were some, uh, there were some good things in there. That's the, the set design as well. I, oh. I don't know what building they used, if they built that school, if that is a yeah. building that exists. It reminded me so much of my primary school before mm. they redecorated it. It... They did a really good job of having it feel like a cohesive space uh, that felt grand in scope without feeling like, like it was detached. Like it felt like it connected together yeah. and was tonally consistent in a way that like they they were able to do very stage show type choreography mm -hmm. inside a building and still have good range to get the shot. Yes. That's very tricky to do. All the stuff in the, uh, the canteen felt like I, I, I'm guessing that's probably lifted direct from the, the stage show because yeah. all of that, like, we're just going to shove benches out of the way and have a big musical number in the middle of it. Yeah. Worked so well. It's it's, it's always impressive when a, uh, a movie adaptation of a musical can capture the scope and the feel of stage theatre choreography. Yeah. Like, that is so hard to do while feeling like you're in an actual setting and not on a stage, and this yeah. did that really well. And I also think that, it, again, regarding the school and the school grounds, it managed to capture that very particular cold, spring, damp, wet, grotty, in a way that is very real. Yeah. Because sometimes that can go way too far. Yeah. And, and just be silly, but it really felt like, hey, I remember going to school in South London and playing rugby in, like, either the arse end of winter or the, the very beginning of spring when it is frosty on the ground, but also, like, really squashy in places, and going out and doing PE in grass that is mo mostly mud, yeah. but occasionally you will, like, fall over, and somehow it's rock solid as well. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I, I I feel like that and the I, again like the set the set design for the inside the just the colours of the walls, the uh, the the wood paneling in there a lot of that felt very very familiar to a place I went to school <laughs> and and very viscerally yep I I absolutely get all of this and yeah. yeah. I'm glad we watched it. I yeah. had a lot of things that I found interesting. Yeah, it's it's not a musical that I'm desperate to put on again. No, but it's. I'm glad I saw it, and yeah. it, it it definitely had value. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like it, I love a fucking musical, but I feel like I'm probably gonna want to spend. I feel. 
I didn't know much about this to begin with. Mm. I, I'd heard like little bits about how it came to be and I thought that was quite interesting, but I hadn't gone, eh, I'll watch that. I'll yeah. go out of my way to watch. I think perhaps because my last few cinema trips to uh, theatre trips to watch uh, musicals have been a bit gash. Yeah. So maybe that has, has put me off a little bit, which is weird because as a kid I couldn't stop watching yeah. fucking musicals. I, I still love a good musical. The, I think the thing, the one recently that's been getting me that I've been like, I want to watch that and I'll probably end up watching more at once is Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Because well, that seems like a lot of fun. If you want to watch that at some point, we, we can yeah, make we should, that happen. We should, we should do that one. We should do that. Um, yeah. Of like of ones we watched somewhat recently, like uh, the the SpongeBob SquarePants musical is surprisingly fantastic. Again, I would Um, watch that one. Yeah, I would. I would watch that again. There's there's one that I'm curious to watch. I keep seeing bits of from TikTok. Uh, I think it's called uh, Enter the Hurricane. uh, That is about a group of people who uh, a group of of, uh, teens who get on a roller coaster at like a little local fun fair, right. uh, and it derails. Oh, uh, and the musical takes place uh, like that. Uh, my understanding is they're ha- they're communing with some kind of like um, afterlife being, right? That is basically getting them to go. Why should you be allowed to survive? Okay, um, and it's them all basically between themselves trying to trying to reason why they should get to survive this near-death experience right. and like contextualizing their lives leading up to this moment and where their lives could be going after okay. it's a it seems like a really interesting concept yeah. and i've heard very positive things about oh. it i need to see if there is a way to watch it from home <laughs> uh i i i believe so um well yeah you watch anything else how oh, watch anything else i will need to double check i don't think we've watched a huge no. amount apart from that uh I- Sorry, go ahead. Well, uh, I mean, we we watched one thing that I'll like very quickly skim through. I'll I recommend to people go watch the Pokey Tune, a uh, Pokey Tune short. Mm. Uh, I'll recommend to people go watch the Pokey Tune shorts on YouTube. Oh yeah, we did watch those. Yeah, which is a collection of um like ten to fifteen minute long animated uh short stories, uh set in the Pokemon universe. With different animation styles, different storytelling styles, uh, different genres of story. Um, I won't go through all of them, but very quickly, there's one called Help, I've Turned Into a Gengar, uh, about some kids yeah. uh, playing around with an urban legend in their, in their school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pancham, Who Wants to Be a Hero, uh, a story about growing up and wanting to save people, but struggling with, with the changes that will come with growing. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait for Me, Magikarp. Which was a, v- a sweet little story about uh, the, the, I think it was completely wordless about someone's sort of uh, child a child's relationship with the Magikarp they find. Mm-hmm. Um, the Slugma powered house. About oh, a, that was sweet. Yeah, about a house that's powered by a Slugma, and it's definitely really powered by a Slugma. And this little girl desperately wanting to see the Slugma that hides in the walls running the house. Yeah. Uh, and Jigglypuff's song. About a Jigglypuff that's a little bit messy with a slightly different singing style uh, from the other Jigglypuffs. It's very sweet. Uh, Generally, just go load up the playlist and watch the whole thing. They may not all be perfect or all for you, but I think it's a really nice little anthology of short stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you? Uh, Watch the latest episode of The Fall of Shadowstone Park. Episode 7, that is going some places. Absolutely fascinating and I'm looking forward to more of that. Uh, what we watched all of the festive uh, outside extra uh, outside Xbox and outside extra 
stuff. Oh, the the festive Christmas challenge videos. But, yes, and... tournament of champions and, yeah. and such. Uh, really enjoyed all of those. There was a new breaking news on the College Human channel with yeah. Sticky Spaghetti. Always good. Oh, there was a new Game Changers we watched as well. That uh, um, uh, pick a number. Yes, how many? Yes, how many? Um, there were there are prompts. You don't know what the prompt is. You you commit to a number. If you can do the number related to the prompt, you get point. If not, everyone else get point. Mm-hmm. It was a fun, chaotic challenge. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, have you watched anything else? I think that's that. I think that'll do for me. I think that'll do for me. Well then, time for this. <laughs> Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have a birthday that is very near to one of the big holiday uh, events? I mean, not me, but I do know no. some people for whom that's a problem. Yeah, well, what if you had access to this month's sponsor? That's sparemonth.lol.net. Tell me more. Well, if your birthday is, say, too close to New Year, for example... Yeah? Just just fit yourself a little spare month. They're yeah. very easy to install. Just get them popped on in there, and you'll find there's a, a good gap. So no more having to worry about, oh, my friends spent all their money uh, over the Easter period, and, and now they don't have... You know, they, they can't afford to, to come out and do anything for, for my birthday, or they, they can't afford the bus fare to come and see me. We can just... All hang out together. We've got that extra month buffer now. Oh, we get a little bit of pay, and we can can all hang out and play board games at home, and maybe even get some cake. Who knows? And and people won't be too exhausted from all the previous partying. That sounds absolutely delightful. Indeed. So that's sparemonth.lol.net. Enter the code Q and P S, and then just three random numbers of your choice, because it's been. Two weeks and I've forgotten what number we're on. Ah, I mean, it's it's New Year. It's New Year. That happens. I know we're getting very close to 250. Ooh. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, go do that. Get some money off, off your first spare month. Don't install too many. You might find that your holiday year takes a while to, to cycle back oh, in. Oh, no. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So... I've been trying to come up with some cost-saving measures. Right. Because we spend money making games, and then people spend money buying our games. Yeah. And then at some point, there is a game out there, and not many people are buying it, but it it still exists. Yeah. So, like... But as long as people are still buying it, right? Well, I mean, yes, but, like, look, I've been looking at some of the live service stuff we've been trying to do. Oh, right. And here's the problem. Yeah. Um... We release our, you know, we release a live service game. There's yep. like six months maybe in which like lots of people are playing it. Yeah, and then, then DLC. We, yeah, we've we've promised like roadmap, roadmap, roadmap. Yeah, the yeah we gotta is, maybe finish the game we said we were gonna give them in the yeah. first place, right? But like <laughs> the, the, the the problem is uh, every time we release more content, you know, right. we get a little burst of yeah new money, but each time it's less. Yeah, and like at a certain point. We're making new content and like, you know, we're making money, but we're not making all the money. Right. So we stop making new content. Well, yeah. My my thought is that like rather than make the, the roadmap, we just make like, you know, a year or so of the roadmap and then just like cancel it and make a new one because we'll get more money from like the big burst at the start of a new live service than we will from supporting the old one. Right. So we just make a new game every year, but basically yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. Because so, we know how to do that, right? Yeah, exactly. So what I'm thinking is... Right. You know there's like five live services we have right now? Right. Yeah. We we just cancel them all. Gone. 
yeah, like we give him like you know maybe three four days notice to be like spend your uh, uh, your digital currency now or yeah get uh, those eonium coins right yeah out there. or it's gone forever right. um you know if you want to have that you know the game will still be playable locally for just you so like I I guess if you if there's that character you've always wanted this is your last chance to buy the eonium gems to get the character right yeah you 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 got a chance to complete this if you're a completionist this is your yeah, last chance it is the ultimate time limited fomo for cosmetics is the the literal games going away in 72 hours go you know what i always say fomo mo the fomo exactly yeah you are a fucking genius. I know. What happened to the coffee drone? Yeah, we'll have a new one soon. Cool. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Not a lot of new stuff. It's been no. a lot of, like, background music while we do gaming with people. Yes, it has been a lot of that, and... Time away from podcasts because I didn't need to be distracted from yeah. things. Cause... And then coming back to work and putting background music on with no words because I got to jump back into work mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really not been a lot of new stuff. Like it's it's been a lot of like I think we listened to the Worms soundtrack a bit. Yeah, we listened to. There is a, an Everdell ambient background mix that we listen to pretty much every time we play Everdell. We listen to. Oh, uh, I put on a, a bunch of random. Uh, tracks for uh, Ambience World, we did the D&D, so we had um, Ambient Music Desolation on the Modern Spirit channel, RPG Battle Combat Music on the Kappa channel, Relaxing Nature Ambience Meditation Calming Summer, Healing Forces on the Healing Nature and Meditation channel, One Hour Epic Boss Battle Music 2001 by E.K. Mule, uh, dark forest ambience and music sounds of dark misty forest with ambient music on uh, Martyr's Muses relaxing nature ambience meditation good morning to spring nature Ooh. on also on the healing nature and uh, meditation uh, immortal intense dramatic battle most Ooh. powerful ep- epic music mix on epic music empire uh, enchanted forest walk music and ambience on the vault of ambience and Victory Best Epic Music of 2017 Famous Artists Part 5 on the Epic Music Channel Brackets EMC. Yeah. Which is was all of the things, uh, basically, to, to fill in the background of, of that. And yeah. then we put the in- Interstellar soundtrack on while we played uh, Terraforming Mars. Oh, we did, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got any others, or shall I just not, keep going? Not really. Feel free to keep going. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we listened to Cardock, uh, The Night Train... Because, uh, you know, it was it was UEDPs, yeah. uh, so we got the Trance Classics out again. Speaking of which, the Trance Classics CD1, which I think is a Ministry of Sound CD, on I Love Music. Uh, mm. Then we listened to Antar- Antaranga, Psytrance Mix 2018 on uh, Rhythm D. We listened to that Chill Step Mix 2018 two hours on Mix Sound channel. Oh, yeah, we did. again? Yeah, we did. We listened to, uh, or most of, uh, Agni Sutra Psytrance Mix 2017. 
the artwork of which we oh. said that it looked like the Borg Queen had fuck off I'm dancing face. It, it's the Borg Queen who's like really kind of focused on a Sudoku and like mm, I'm a bit <laughs> I'm really not getting uh, it. And I went out to get a drink and when I came back you and one of our friends were just <laughs> looking at each other like what the fuck just you, happened? You left the room for like 30 seconds and the it's, uh, it, it's one of those things where like you're listening to some like like uh, electronic music and suddenly the the <laughs> Instead of being from a movie or a speech or something. Instead of being optimistic about free will, it was something to the effect of, oh, free will, free will's great, free will's wonderful. You know what free will got us? Fascism and World War One and the Gulf War and it's like, okay, I'm just gonna change this mix just just to to dance. I'm just trying to dance. Just want to have a nice dance with my friends. Uh, We also listened to Chill Step Mix 2020, two hours, also on the Mix Hound channel, also with artwork by T1NA. Yay! Yay! Uh, Yeah, that was good. We listened to the Worms Armageddon soundtrack, the Worms Two soundtrack. The Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness soundtrack. Uh, aesthetic song Adventure Time Lo-Fi Witches Only Lo-Fi Calm Chill Beats on the Lo-Fi Chill Music channel. <laughs> and, oh, this was really lovely. Uh, Breath of the Night Asian-inspired Lo-Fi Beats on the Dreamhop Music channel. Oh, yeah. It has that cute little bunny spirit yeah. thing sipping tea yes. on a rooftop. Um, that was just really nice chill music while we sat here and did Secret D&D prep stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much everything. Well then, time for this. Inside the HR department of Supremacy Software. So you're leaving? Yes, yes. Uh, that was that was the, the, the plan. It's going to be a terrible blow for the board. I know you've been uh, invaluable to Edwin. He said how useful you've been. Ah, well, I've been, been try, trying trying my best to keep on top of everything. Okay, and you've updated the manual for the person who will replace you? Yes, I want to make sure that my replacement is able to avoid as many potential pitfalls as possible. Indeed, we want the transition to be extra smooth, and I'm sure you'll be... A vital part of that. So, yes, let me have a look through here. All the pages freshly laminated. The drinks order list are up to date. Okay, that all seems to be in order. Now, we are just going to have to fully search you, just to make sure you don't have any company property. Uh, uh, Would you just like to step over here with security? uh, Are you sure you're allowed to do that? I'm allowed to do that. I'm fully trained. Uh-huh. Okay. No struggling, miss, or we'll have to mace you. I'm, I'm definitely not struggling. I just wasn't expecting to get undressed at all in the office today. That company lint you have on your... Uh, it, it's lint. It could just as easily be from my dryer at home. Well, I'm glad we managed to retrieve this before you departed with any potential company property. Okay, and you've handed in your security badge. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, I, I, I have. You've made sure to clear off anything that you might have at home. We're not going to have to send a security team no, to... No, no, indeed. ...search yeah. your apartment. No, indeed, yes. Right, okay. You've signed the latest version of the NDA. Yes. And the non-disparagement agreement. Yes. And you've agreed that you'll never speak about anything you saw or heard from Rick or Chad or Edwin. Mm, he, yes. 
And you've had a full afternoon with the legal department. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I suppose that will be everything, then. It will be terrible to see you go, but I'm sure your replacement will fill in wonderfully. Good luck to them. Security, I'd like to report an intruder in the building. They didn't seem to have a security pass on them. They certainly don't work here. <laughs> Welcome, welcome everyone. Uh, I would ask members of the press to uh, keep your uh, your uh, keep your questions sort of held until the end of this uh, this press conference. Um, as you are well aware, the field of uh, AI research has been sort of uh, uh, exploding in in notoriety as of late, and uh, we have a very exciting development in the field that we would like to uh, talk about today. Uh, we have we have been working on some. Fascinating new technology uh, developed to detect AI and scalper bots, etc., to sort of reduce uh, malicious automation on the internet and uh, things things like uh, using AI to write phishing scams and this sort of thing. And uh, we think we've finally come up with a foolproof solution, you know, capture captures of uh, text image detection, thing of the past, uh, detecting where your mouse moved on the page before you clipped the capture. No, no longer, no longer, uh, you know, the sort of done thing. This is the new hotness. This is this is going to revolutionise the field. Um, I think it's finally time to reveal. Uh, all right, so we have uh, you'll see up here this uh, this web page, and uh, we've 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 uh, tasked a, a screen reading AI to attempt to navigate through the page, and as it sort of uh, gets to the capture, uh, you will see the prompt it's given. Please draw a hand with the correct number of fingers. As you can see, it's having an awful lot of trouble. Nope, that's 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 too few. That's far too, that's far too many. I don't think those are even fingers. Uh, so I, I think you I think you will agree. Uh, AI technology will never be able to overcome this hurdle, and I think we have solved AI security forever. AI is fixed. How does the capture know? What the correct number of fingers looks like. Oh, fuck. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Pressure justice warriors. Pressure justice warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How you doing? Oh, you know, uh, doing, doing my best, you know. Yeah, I get you. New year, basically the same as last year, but currently yeah. colder and wetter than it was. Oh, yeah. Recently. I, I think I think that's been the case for everyone a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You, uh, you did you have a nice UDP? Oh, I had a lovely one, lovely one, very restful. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Other no. than uh, having to chase up the landlord. Oh, bloody parasites! You know, oh, they are literal worst. Yeah, yeah, I've, still... yeah. I've had trouble with mine as well. Yeah, yeah. What's been going on with yours? Well, you know, the uh, the shower hasn't worked properly yeah. since I moved in four years ago, and they are still dragging their feet on that rather, which would wouldn't be a problem. But the bath has, uh, you know, stopped working as well. So uh, a little less, bit out of washing facilities. Less, at the a, less an ideal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. They did at one point suggest that I I get into the kitchen sink, but given that there's a, a problem with the, the work unit in there as well that's uh, well, exactly. that has proved problem and I am quite burly as you know exactly exactly well yeah. I've been having troubles with the electricals they haven't been fixed for ages no. now with the woodwork and yeah. uh, with tiling it's, it's just 
problem yeah. after problem that and they have know, the gall to increase the rent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, uh, it's just got me thinking about uh, you know of the many frustrating things about landlords, and believe me, there are many frustrating things about landlords. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one that I've been thinking about is uh, how frustrating it is the lack of uh, consequence for drag deals on a job yeah. that is essentially uh, sit around and get paid for already having money. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, you know, as a landlord, you are having your your properties, uh, you know, um, r- uh, uh, mortgage paid off plus yeah. extra for zero output on your on on your behalf like entirely it is profit and and you know financial benefit for you but uh you know the, the understood contract of that is that uh in exchange you are responsible for fixing things when they come up you yeah. know your yeah. tenants are literally not allowed to do these things themselves because yeah. it is not their property and you know I understand, you know, when you work through like letting agents and stuff that they have to get approval from the landlord before they can go ahead with stuff, but yeah. it feels like there should be a certain degree of time that they have in which to respond and to deal with these things before someone steps in and goes, there There are consequences of some kind for you repeatedly ignoring the needs of your uh, your tenant's property. Yeah, you know, it's... it's... Is that supposed to be the one advantage of, of renting over owning your own place? That you know the the actual you know maintenance of the building, your, your roofs, your uh, drainage and stuff yeah, like that. You know that's that's not. You don't have to worry about it. It's not exactly. your problem. It's someone else's property, so if there are repairs to be done, it's up to them to do them. Yeah, you know it's it's fine right up until the point that something quite major goes wrong, and then they can't be bothered to deal with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and you know, I'm sure there are plenty of tenants who will put up with a little bit here and there as long as it's not, uh, you know, making everything I mean, uninhabitable. I but... mean, I've I've certainly put up with some stuff at my place that uh, is very livable with, but frustrating. But yeah. it's, it's when you start getting to the like, I cannot live day to day life in this property, yeah. uh, or am at risk of in the future not being able to because of you ignoring problems. Yeah, and you know, it, it's moving's stressful anyway, and I, I imagine a lot of landlords probably. Uh, Bang. Probably bang on that sort of thing, but you know, then you've got the uh, you've got the issue of. I suppose if if the problem is that they're not willing to you know pay the bare minimum to uh, to uh, actually actually deal with the problems, eventually those tenants might just leave, you know. But obviously, then you've got the whole issue of oh well, I've got to come up with a deposit. I've got to actually. Yeah, you know, go to the the effort of moving because you know that's the uh, huge effort to to deal with, especially if you know if you've got a decent amount of furniture and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, you'd hope that they'd want to do those repairs purely because that that property is theirs; they own it, and it's their long term investment. And like they're screwing themselves over if they don't do those. Yeah, repairs. I mean, ultimately, if you make the property uninhabitable, you know, in such a way that you know people are going to keep having this same problem, then you know. It becomes a uh, a way worse deal, generally yeah. speaking. It, it doesn't matter how many people you know move out and you just get someone else in. If they're going to repeat the same cycle because you know your you, your roof fell in or whatever, yeah, or, or especially or you fell if, the floor. if if the if the roof you know completely caves in at that point because you haven't bothered to do even basic maintenance, yeah, or you know you you've got a, an ongoing leak that's just led to uh, mould in the property. It's going to cost you more in the long run. Well, exactly, you know you you can, you can do the typical landlord thing of you know oh, well I I very quickly repapered that wall, repainted it, and and got a new tenant in. Uh, well, you know that that might be fine, but then you've got the the real issue of the fact that it's going to come back almost immediately. 
You're going to be spending yeah. money on on dealing with uh, putting that right every time, even though it might be quite a small amount. You've put, then potentially got time where you're not actually renting the property out. And, uh, you know, if it is something like uh, a roofing issue, you know, that uh, you're probably going to be months at a time where you, you can't rent it out because the, the underlying problems are, are so vast and ongoing. At which point, you know, you've, you're then responsible for the council tax and uh, all the other the on, ongoing bills there and probably the electricity if you're trying to keep it dry enough to just not completely rot. Exactly, exactly. Oh, oh. Bloody parasites, they bloody are. Bloody parasites, one of them. indeed. Oh. Well, that's the argument. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, first one of the new year. Yeah. Ah, good egg, mate, good egg. Good egg. Alright, I think I'm going to pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds like a plane. Nice, nice. So, Laura. <gasps> Me? What, what, what are you advertising? What, you well, got? what am I advertising at the moment? Well, uh, uh, Who Hunts the Whales coming out on February uh, 16th. That's, that's so soon. So soon. Uh, if you want to get a uh, signed copy... By the time you hear this, you might still be able to get a signed copy by going to uh, unbound.com slash book slash whale. Yeah. If not, look forward to uh, February 16th. It's going to yeah. be out. It's going to be out so soon. Yeah. Um, other than that, find me at basically everywhere at Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this when it goes up, like for everyone not early on Patreon, um, there'll be a new episode of Accessibility, which will be about... Um, accessibility standards that the video game industry should really be looking at trying to standardize in 2023 Ooh. other than that i have some cool stuff coming soon look forward to that um what about you what about me well i'm in all the usual places linkter.ee slash janiac j-a-n-e-i-a-c my most important one is patreon.com slash stoned monkey radio it helps me find the motivation to keep editing podcasts yeah, and, and do all the other things since all the other work seems to have dried up at the moment. Thank you for keeping the heating on Woo. most of the time for like an hour a day. But, <laughs> you know, enough to not freeze to death. Yeah. Will you sing us out, please, darling? Well, until next time, be a stranger. Mm.